West West, y'all. Just gonna ask some questions. Uh, no, we just talk. Um, okay. Yeah, we just talk and see what goes. There's, there's no real structure. You should have structure. Nah. Adlib. It's not a podcast with a structure. It'll be like. It won't be a podcast with any structure because it'll be like a. <laughs> Like a TV, it's TV rounding, it's rounding me one, three, five. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the back of the bus. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm honoured, and um, I look forward to discussing what you want to um, uh, overlook with the candidacy and the issues that we're dealing with council. Yeah, because you're you're running right now. You're running for council, not. Because I just learned, because I just got educated on how the structure of the new the Auckland City Council works. So with the mayor, then the councillors, then the local board underneath that. But um, yeah, it's then because it's a thing that a lot of people don't know. Eh? Yeah, unfortunately, um, political science isn't taught in school, and I think it's important um, because when they're getting to that age of understanding the bigger picture. Uh, that they eventually will be voting. And I think it's a simple um, uh, study to actually grasp, quite simple. I, I, I can, you know, I don't mind helping um, the youth with that, being able to understand it and how they contribute to um, uh, deciding on any candidate. I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm not um, against or, you know, uh, make judgment on somebody, but I do look at them as their their history and their experience. So um, for me, I see it as a tier system. So the mayor's at the top and he's basically the visionary and he delivers what he wants to see for the future of Auckland. And then the next tier is the council, councillors and um Originally, there wasn't local board members, so they slowly introduced that uh, the due to the population growth. And so um, for myself, my family have been involved with council um, when it was actually starting to come into fruition. And so um, they kind of have profiles uh, that they take care of so a councillor will be elected and then they might have a special um, experience in a certain area. So it might be transport, it might be um, infrastructure in that sense, and it might be um, uh, community. So that's where um, the councillors need support in some way with local board because the, um, the suburbs have become so populated now so you're looking at over a hundred thousand and just in uh, Waitakere which is where I'm candidate for Waitakere Ward Councillor so yeah yeah so I saw the um 
the growth of council to where it is now. And so, yeah. How many wards in Auckland as a super city? So Waitaka there, then how many others? Is it every, like, north, south, east, west, they've got one? Is one ward? Yeah, so it's it's kind of expanded. It's um, further up going up to Walkworth area. So you can see that the mayors have been invited to meetings up in, uh, as far as there. And then it goes down through um, Pukekohe to, oh, what, is, what is it called? Um, Port Waikato. There's the actual borderline. So um, that... That um, I, th- I think that was a good idea in order to support those areas as well. What happened was um, it used to be Waitakere Council, North Shore Council, um, Manukau Council and Central. So, um, yeah, what happened, I think it's important to le- know the history um, from, from where you're living and also how it came into fruition. Um, it gives you the chance to see how it's developed and, you know... Um, how we've got into the situation that we are now. So, uh, yeah. When you talk about the history of it, how obviously the milestone is transitioning into the, the super city. Yeah, so that was a Was there a lot of change? Unitary plan. Yeah, no, unitary plan as well. So that, was there, how much of a change would you say percentage-wise? Percentage-wise? Yeah, like change the whole structure of the whole whole city? Uh, so... Again, looking at history, originally um, it always has been Highway 1 and um, the rail that existed at that time that was um, owned by the voters uh, gave you um, access to go south or to go north. So you were able to travel by train. Um, At some stage they actually um, put that into... Um, using it for um, uh, for delivery services, so that was the only option. Um, but uh, I pointed that out in my um, Facebook, uh, one of my Facebook posts, adverts in regards to um, how are we using what we have available now instead of rushing into um, into a, a it's quite a hefty debt that the voters and the general public are going to have to carry, and so, yeah, I think um, I think it's important to look at it from another perspective and actually understand. I mean, you're an architect, an architect, right? So, architectural te- technologist, yeah. Yeah. So you understand that. Um, when it comes to topography and um, on, on, a, on a larger scale, um, there's always risks, there's safety risks. So um, that's something that council have to deal with as well when they're planning. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, for me, it's about having transparency for the public to know um, before just jumping into situations and, and making decisions. Um, I, I'm more of the person to say, hey, look, this is what's happening. And... I want you to, to understand this is happening soon or in the next few years, but this is what it's going to cost. And, you know, I don't think they're informed enough to be able to understand what's going to happen around them. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up topography, especially in Auckland, because 
when I think of Auckland City, there's a lot of hills, you know, there's a lot of Especially for West. Especially for West. Yep, yep, West and North the, Shore. There's the a lot, lot of hills up there. Um the the ridge on the the Waitaka Ranges and the Waitaka Ranges and up in, um, to the Rangi as well. It's a big influence. You know? And probably only South Auckland's probably the most flattest part of Auckland City, eh? In general. If you compare it to the rest of the Yeah, yeah it r- is. The rest it of is. the yeah, places right. in Auckland. But then when I think about that, I think about this push for the the, the cycleways and bikes and the the topography would be a big influence on that with the hills in that. Yeah, I, I yeah. see that being an issue from the reasons why a, a lot of uh, voters or people don't want to use cycle lanes. And because of um, the weather issues that we have, it used to be um, you could actually know the four seasons, but... Uh, in the last three years, there's a big change. So people don't want to be caught in the rain and, you know, that, that's an issue. And then there's the safety risk of um, getting hit by a car. So because um, of vision. <laughs> yeah. And if I bring back the the cycleways again, there's a big push being, being taken from AT, Auckland Transport. To, and it's, you know, you, you can't get away from it now. The, there's, you can, you can see the cycleways and... You can hear the people complaining, especially when the fix roads around the central part of Auckland. Um, you just hear it on the radio and stuff like that. So, yeah, so um, it's got a lot to do with intensification. Mm. So, if you um, increase the population, you've got to put in the um, infrastructure for that, and then tr- looking at uh, the way we're going with emissions. Uh, climate emissions and we're trying to control that uh, the practical sense is to go cycling to mm. but th- then there's an issue if you are traveling from west and your job's out south so mm. you know um, we have to be realistic about that and I think uh, I think uh, if it's a it's a choice it's an option um, I think if the public want to have it in the area, that's great. If there's reasons why they're not doing it, then they have to, the council need to understand why, because um, there's obviously challenges. You know, people are lazy, let's just be honest. They, they, they don't want to be out in the cold six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning riding to work. I, myself, used to do that to get to work. So, um, and get home 11 o'clock at night on my bike. Yeah. So um, I'm not fearful of the rain or, or what have you, but it was a lot safer back then, you know, on the roads. It's not so congested like we have with um, um, traffic now, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but did that answer your question? Or? Yeah. It's not really a question, it was just no. more of a... Yeah, yeah, it was just <laughs> more of a topic. It's more of a topic. Was, yeah. Because if I, if I unpack everything, especially to do with cycleways and, and, and riding the bike, like that, that's how I feel right now, being being a citizen of Auckland City. Like, it feels like I'm being pushed to ditch my car for a bike. Well, you are. You are yeah, being yeah, pushed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with things like the AT doing all the stuff that's got no... And council have got no control of Auckland Transport, is that right? Or they've got... They're, they're, they're onto themselves when they when they talk about cycleways and all that kind of stuff. Is that right? It's it's more of a healthy approach mm. and also for climate and for um, reducing emissions. So that's the push. 
you know, um, and that's why uh, AT actually um, trying to encourage, that's a positive way of, of putting it, that everybody um, looks at another way of uh, transport getting to work. So, uh, but not to the detriment of running, taking your car if you feel like you need to, like for convenience sake. Because I think the problem with tra- public transport now, it's inconvenient. And I think like, yeah, because the time it takes yeah. to get it is inconvenient, bus, but yeah. it is also lazy. There's there's that portion of people that just don't want to do it. You know, you've got to you got to take that into consideration. And you're not there to judge. You're here to like say these are your options, and this is the problem. I mean, a good example is uh, was near Pars Park, and it was twelve in the evening, and some guys are just doing loops around the roundabout, you know, and I'm thinking, uh, isn't their petrol costs just so high, but you just don't care, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, He's probably getting his petrol from Costco. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, um, you know, I, if I'm having to work all the way out South Auckland on a job, I wouldn't want to ride a bike there. I'd have to leave very early to get there, and I can't rely on... Um, public transport to be able to support me to get there on time so there's got to be some sort of okay look we're rushing into something and the people aren't ready is how I see it and we've got to um, as if elected I'm going to look at what the actual planning is and and discuss it with the other council and the board members for Waitakere area Mm. I'm not um I'm not the type of person just to jump in and say, I've got this great idea and it's going to work and you're going to do it, you know, because that's not how life works. It works collaborating with others and making something more practical and, and understanding the issues that they're dealing with, you know, um, because uh, I know what it's like to ride up the bullet track in, in Western <laughs> Springs because that's how we used to roll. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, that's because uh, my job was up at Greyland, and so um, yeah, so there's those issues there that uh, it's it's about it's about the people making a healthy choice, mm-hmm. and if they want to, you <clears throat> know, um, <clears throat> sometimes uh, I know there are candidates who are pushing for it and pushing for it, but they're not they're not getting the answer that they want. Um, I notice there's a lot of um, bumps in the roads now and that's slowing traffic down uh so i'm looking at it in a practical sense of okay so where has where where's planning going with this um i can see now that they've got the phase three out for um actually changing the speed limits in certain areas so i've looked at it and you, i heard on the radio that was going down to 30 some yeah, it's gone down to thirty some places. Mm. I've overlooked it, and, and I've overlooked it, and and saw that um, I could see that they've done a practical sense in the way they're trying to make it around school areas. Um, they did that already, right? The school. Yeah, that's right. Slow down. Yeah. yeah, it was forty. Now it's mm. down to thirty. You know, so um, it's kind of media focused or social media that's saying that oh that um, it's a push to um, get everywhere to be down at 30, but that's not the case. That's not what I can see. So that I'm looking at it from a, oh, yeah, this is practical, this is okay. 
everything that council do is kind of like a trial and error and you know with every vision that's like um hopefully it works um they don't always get it right that's what i can see in history with council prior to the 2000 i can see that decisions were made that were not so good um but that's where we are now if it is an experiment if they're trying to figure it out and they're actually spending money and if it doesn't work that's out then right. it's a waste of money that's right so <laughs> back to the drawing board that's right mm. and that's where why i've stepped in for this um election mm. uh because I have the opportunity to and be able to say, okay, this isn't going to work. Look, let's look at it in a practical sense, depending on what portfolio you get. Um, so, and I'm not more of, I'm just going to take care of this part of the scene for Waitakere. I'm going to look at all the other suburbs as well and see what makes sense, what makes practical sense, you know, because... Um, like you're saying, it's got to do with how the lay of the land is and what's going to um, encourage um, cyclists to get out there. Uh, Auckland Central is a different story, you know. Um, uh, it's high population, and of course they'll, they will be cycling everywhere mm. in a certain distance area, though. You know, so is, is that why the cycle lanes are the more prominent? In- in central, yeah, cause, um, because of that fact that they are close together, and yeah, and yeah. it's 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 scenery, you mm. know. Um, so uh, for Tirarangi, you know, those areas, it, when you cy- when you become more um, enthusiastic with cycling, you want to look at scenery, mm. and um, uh, it's not saying that. I mean, they've decided to try and cut out um, vehicles altogether. In central, I, I can understand that. Um, I can see why they want to do it, you know. So, uh, yeah, but I'm focused on Waitakere, you know, mm. and what's what's benef- going to be a benefit to the people. Yeah, for the people, by the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just making sure that I listen, you know, I'm 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 a listener, mm. and um, and then I just tally up the those who are saying, oh, this is a problem, and I'm quite happy to answer it and give them straight fact Mm. and then um, try to reason and say, look, this is why. So what's the other option? I don't look at it as this is the only thing, but this is what council and the vision by the mayor has asked for. And then I just look at it and go, okay, well, what's another option? You know, because there's no, for me, there's, there's more than one option, and um, what I look at it, the way I look at it is that um, you've got to have experience and understanding construction and infrastructure layout planning and what's practical, and you can't do that um, if you're only focused on policy, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense to rely on the people on the ground, like your, your, your local board, because they're the ones out there and in yeah, the field and the public talking right. to everybody and they relay the things back to you as a councillor which then you have a meeting with the mayor is that, is that yeah. how it works at all? yeah that's how it works so, so how, how many councillors are allocated for Waitakere for Waitakere so you've got two um, councillors that want to be re-elected 
and then you've got myself, Schuster, and then I, th I can't remember his name. I think it's uh, um, Kent. Can't remember the other guy. Oh. There's only a few of us. And um, how many are there to be? Two. Two. Oh, okay. Two. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> which is fair enough. It used to be one, mm. you know, for each area, which are kind of. So, the whole purpose of local council is that you can see that you, if you want to apply for a job, you don't have to be experienced. And I think they left that open in the rule to allow people to come forward that feel that they have the knowledge and experience to see the vision and carry it out. Mm. Is that for Keep within a budget, though. That, that's, that's for a councillor? Yeah, councillor oh, okay. and mayor. Oh, okay. So... Um, yeah. Uh, and and local board, mm. no. So uh, it's it's a. Uh, so there's not like a thing where you can't be council unless you're local ward first, and then have experience going no. up. You can go straight to. No, no. So uh, unless you got the people behind you and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. if you've got people behind you. Mm. Whereas I'm independent. You right. know, um, I he I adhere to practical solutions, um, and I chose to be independent so that that way I I can confirm transparency without any influence by a community group or political party. Mm. Um, and I think you need that on the board to have that diversity and bring new ideas. Or if somebody's delivering an idea, I can question it and say, well, how about this? Let's talk about this then. If that's, if that's the direction you're wanting to go, everybody's wanting to go, let's have a practical sense and discussion about it. And I'm not about having three, four meetings about the same subject you know about okay yeah that makes sense do it um i'm very cautious of safety risks when it comes to anything that we do where's the safety risk look for safety and make that an issue um it, on that's top of the line the first thing so um i think uh that needs to be a primary focus especially when it came to um the ports so, uh, and it's not just the ports, it's, it's also construction. So um, having that experience and knowledge and what they're having to deal with, I can look at it in a, in a different perspective and be able to go, okay, try this, you know, because this is current. Um, and so knowing about the suburbs, I mean, I, I walked these streets in, in Waitakere area, you know, I, I cycled this area, I cycled Central and North Shore and, and South Auckland. So I've watched it develop over the years, you know, and I can see the good things that have come out of council and I can see uh, the not so good things. I can see why people are angry. I can see why they're dissatisfied with what the result they've got um, and I can see the safety issues. And you kind of have to question who made this decision and be accountable and, and the cost as well. So... Yeah, um, there is an overhanging debt, and I can see with FSO talking about um, actually finding ways to um, control the costs. I can see where Wayne Brown is um, discussing ways of solutions. So it's it's um, it's going to be an interesting um, election this this time round. It's one of the um, reasons why I stepped in because this is an interesting one so I've watched it over the years and I've I've voted every time and um, yeah 
I thought that, okay, this one's a little bit difficult. I like challenges and um, I like to see that the people are happy with the result because that's that's satisfying to me, that they're happy with the result. Um, there's never going to be, it's, it's not going to be an easy answer. It's not going to be a quick fix. Um, but as long as the people are aware of this is the issue we've got, this is the solution we've found, and get feedback, because I think it's important that um, councillors are more involved with the community, not just leave it to the local board to deal with and sort out. I, I don't think that's fair at all. Right. You're supposed to be um, not just a councillor, you're supposed to be involved with your local boards and understand every aspect and be able to narrow it down and then look at solutions. And that's the role of the councillor to say, oh, you know, okay, this funding here, is it going to work for this project? Um, there's community funding that you have to deal with and being able to um, share it out where it makes practical sense for moving communities forward. I can see that some areas have been focused on a little bit more than others, and um, so that's what I'm also here about, to make sure that um, the smaller voices get heard and those suburbs are also taken care of as well because they pay their rates, um, they don't make complaints, they just wait for something to happen for their community, you know. And also bringing back the, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am supportive of youth and elderly and disabled because uh, youth, as much as they're alive and pumping, partying and um, energetic and going to school, I'm really proud of how they've dealt with COVID and, um, and it's about having an awareness of, uh, you know, not being in fear of, but the reality of if you became disabled, if you um, live your life and you become an elderly person, are you happy with the way situations are for you? Are you happy for the way that the services available for your elderly people? Because um, I, I don't know if it's a culture thing, but in, I was brought up with hundreds of people that were homeless and the youngest was six and... Um, and the oldest elderly would come from all over the world that would come to live with us. And so I got to see um, in my family, we took care of everybody as best as we could, but they still had the right to leave and come and go as they pleased, as long as they had that grounding. Um, and so that's where my family got involved with central government to look at employment opportunities. And so that was kind of like the grassroots at the beginning for council and, um, and supporting um, infrastructure and, and my, my grandfather, one of my grandfathers was with the rail, so setting that up, and my other grandfather was um, a Māori warden chief for um, East Tamaki. So I got to see all of that and I got to um, experience the, the um, hard work, you know, I didn't, I wasn't just the no, my parents made sure that I was out there mowing lawns, um, digging and being involved with everything. So um, I think that's good grounding for me as a candidate because um, it involved people and having a respect of where the whatever walk of life they came from, I'm 
empathetic to it and I um, can understand where we are right now as a community we're quite kind of segregated and I'm trying to look at it a way of making communities come closer together because at the end of the day say there's a um, say there's a a disaster you know um, a, a natural disaster that happens it's the community support that's going to help you get through that you know so I was there at the um, tornado assessment as well as the flooding in Kumu and it opened my eyes to this is great you know council are doing a really good job the best they can on, on, under such pressures and looking at the suffering of the those communities while they're going through it and meeting with them you know horrible to see but there was support there that um that Kumu thing that was was that a fault infrastructure fault um you've got um there was a drainage thing right that there was a drainage thing that the council admitted that they they failed to maintain or something like that well so <clears throat> when it comes to terrain right and then you've got flash flooding and you've got a lot of hours or streams and rivers that are supposed to be connecting. But as soon as they get blocked up, well, where's the overflow going to go? So South Auckland, they've, they've got um, stormwater control, stormwater systems set up because it's so flat. And as you keep, continue to build and develop in that area, they've come up with something that is practical in design. And I've seen it, and it's great. It's, it's going to work. For West Auckland, it's a little bit difficult because um, these houses were built at a certain time and there was no, the weather was better. You knew when it was going to rain and how long for. So now we're at the point of um, climate change. It is affecting everybody, but they, we don't know to what, you, you can't predict where or, or how and you can't, um, you can only deal with the, disaster when it happens you can like uh on my facebook when a one of the voters asked me and said oh there's this stormwater main system and i'm worried about it and and she gave me the address and i went and had a look um outside of my you know uh job and i had a look and did a video for her so she understood what was going on you mm. know um the cctv for her no, no, no. It was just more of she was she was worried because of um, the way it was do designed, and there's chambers there, and um, that they had some uh, fencing, safety fencing up, and whether it was dangerous. So that's why I went because the safety risk, just to have a look and to make sure that everything was okay. You know, um, her concern was that it was still uh, uh, temporary uh, fencing. And it hadn't been changed yet, and um, I'm not quite sure what the answer is because I don't have access to that um, engineering design or, or what's going on there. All I could see is that yet at the moment it's it's safe, it's fine. Um, it's more the culvert uh, if if the um, outlet was um, actually blocked or issues like that, I'd be really concerned. Uh, but we're kind of coming to the end of winter, so. Um, the, I think the as long as I know that council have got staff out there um, main, main, doing maintenance, and I can see that the the rivers are being 
um, maintained, and that's when it becomes an issue. As long as it's um, tidied up before winter, then we've got a bit of chance of not having another flood. So the concern was that because intensification with the new developments that's going on, um, it is it, it does depend on location, and a lot of the um, developments are on reserves. They're not reserves now, but because the demand for housing, um, that that became the option that we've got right now, you know, in order to move it forward. COVID, COVID was messy, and I think um, every industry suffered as a result. Also, council, um, it cost them millions, uh, but you know, we battled on through. Uh, you do, regardless of the situation, um, and that's important. That as long as um, it's acknowledged that this has happened and trying to look in the future of, okay, where's the, the potential of uh, safety risks? Where are the issues here? And trying to find a way to get around it. Because mm. I spoke about, um, on the, the previous guests I've had, uh, a candidates as well, spoke about how um, the interim plan calls for certain areas to be intensified housing. And you see a lot of, especially in Ranui, you see... Um, People selling up their properties and then the new owner building three new townhouses in its place or four. And then what's happening is that they've only got one garage for each of these places and no one has one car anymore. So you got all these cars parked on the street yeah. now. And now the 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 streets are narrow as it is and now you got two and they got two 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 sides of cars parked all the way up the street and the other problem issue is how are you going to get a fire truck through there? Yeah, that's right. You know, you would know that as an architect. You would know that. Oh, because nah, I had a fireman on the the podcast before, and that's what he was saying. And I'm like, oh, man, true, that, that's true. Because, you know, you, you touched on the, the services, like the infrastructure, like um, stormwater. So see that, there's that as well. And I know if, uh, at my parents' house, like my parents are down this long right away, but there's heaps of land down the bottom where my parents' house is. And already, um, our neighbours hold, and some townhouses are getting built, right? But now there's all going to be all these cars going up this one right away, yep. and it's going to make our right away real busy, yep. you know. So, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of that happening around around the city yeah, as well. What's, what's practical sense, right? Mm, mm. So, it's things like that, like especially even with the, because I like to think that they figured everything out already. They've got a plan. The council has a plan for everything. So when you think they make a decision and something else, the consequence of that decision leads to something that you know, will annoy 100 people. <laughs> and then you think, nah, they can't be that dumb. But sometimes it doesn't work out, eh? That's right. And I like to think that they're already planning for this, but sometimes I think, nah, they haven't planned for this. Well, I think... Um you trust in the professionals that they're making the right decision and along with town planning, you trust that they're um, they're uh, considering stormwater overflow. You trust that they're, they're considering the, um, the population growth, which is the most important in regards to the, the complaints that were out there at that time, um, not enough housing. So every time something becomes a major issue, council try to find an answer and they can only use the resources that they've got that's available. So they try to push it through and get it through so people are living in safe 
and um, uh, safe and sanitary homes. You know, so when you're saying that intensification is is not practical in some ways, you're right, they're not. Um, but this got through somehow. I I don't know how. I I, I am not a candidate. I mean, sorry, I'm not a councillor. Um, but I would question it. You know, when it comes to um, location, and I'd say, well, okay, this is this is something that you need to reconsider. And um, but there's such the demand out there. And I think um, Wayne Brown made a good point about um, having commercial going into residential. In, in some areas, in particular central city, uh, because uh, the young people want to be in the city. Uh, they don't like to travel the distance and enjoy the nightlife because they're young. Um, that's another process, that, and it's not an easy process, but uh, if that's what the council want to see happen, if that's what the, the mayor wants, then I'll look at it in a practical sense and say, oh, yeah, no, that would work. Um, or I'll say, oh, no, this isn't going to work because mm. we, you, the way it's been designed. Because we're, this is, to be honest, um, you have to know history about international um, growth of, of cities. Uh, good examples, Rome. Um, so as time went by, they just started building on top of the city. Okay, because uh, the young people are really the life and energy of a city. And if they go, oh, well, this is boring, this you know, no life here, they'll, they'll move to where um, they're getting to have fun and work, so everybody works, goes towards where there's work available. Um, and then a good example is um, Singapore. Um, it's always been, uh, their infrastructure is, there's 10 million people in this area, and they're living in small boxes, some people, you know, in regards, because the rules were there at the time. I think um, council... Uh, with the way that um, building standards are, is great uh, when you look at um, other countries and where they're at, you know. So uh, there's no one answer for that that question you have. Mm. It's more of what experience does the councillors have to be able to say, yeah, that's a good idea, or do they just rely on, look, this is a drawing we've got for you, this lovely little pink drawing here, that's it, you know. Um, so I'm here to question, you know, not to question and make anybody feel bad, but in order to help, you know. So that's that's my main mission. Because I'm a I'm a big advocate for working fun, <laughs> working fun. Because like, man, I was like think about this like, because I've been overseas and you know it's, it's not going to be ever like overseas like some places because it's not the same climate or not the same tourist attraction kind of thing. But I don't know, it could be, but. For me, when it comes to work and having fun, like I've been thinking about it more because right now I feel like everything closes too early in the in the city. Yeah, well, and there's other cities that go twenty four seven. You know. Yeah, yeah, and oh, you can't if if you're hungry. Only place you can go to is McDonald's, and you don't want to go there. It's unhealthy. Like if you want to have a late night, or go to Balmoral because that's the only place. All those Chinese places in Balmoral yeah. open till like two a.m. You know, that's yeah. the only place you can go. Yeah. To get some food other than McDonald's, you know, twenty four hours. But um, you know, things like that, like even 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 shopping, like you know, because it, com- it comes down to a balance. I it comes down to being convenient too, and that, that's when the public transport thing comes into it. Because if you're gonna, if say you need to rely on public public transport, but you also need to go shopping, the only place you can go shopping is 
is expecting to even in countdown because all the retail places are closed. By the time you hop on the bus and get there, it's, it's closed. Yeah, that's you gotta, right. You got to wait for the weekend. So it's more for me. It's more convenience and availability of of, of things you, you can do. Yeah. So I have some suggestions in the way that we have actually structured our timetable um, for work, education, and it, it does clash. But there's there's a balance here that you've got to look at with regards to international how they've progressed. Those those cities have progressed. Um, ours is a population growth. Uh, so we're kind of like we're. we're we're 10, 20 years when it comes to technology and being actually ha- actually having a grounding with this current um, local governance and central governance, the system that we have right now. But we're also behind 10, 20 years when it comes to population growth. Mm. And uh, the, the direction for Vision for a Mayor is to um, keep uh, Auckland City alive and well and we've we've had to deal with the issue of COVID, you know. So, getting that population growth, we've got to be able to um, support the infrastructure to have it there. And then, like you said, having those um, facilities, those services open, that's when it steps in. So it's uh, it's kind of predetermined that population will grow in in Auckland anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't you can't say when. Or how many, but Auckland is one of the safer countries to to move to when it comes to um, diversity, um, cultural awareness, and um, more of a c- community. Uh, I think the the areas that we kind of need to I need to make aware for councillors and for the mayor is the um, what are the what I'm I'm talking about is when your your hours of work. So I I don't know if you notice, but when it's school holidays, right? The traffic is beautiful. Mm. You can't you just you just like heaven. And so when especially when the university is out there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially with the you know the the new motorway was necessary for West Auckland, definitely necessary for West Auckland. Mm. But going through Avondale, um, you know the motorway has increased. You know because they so remember more the, lanes. the new lanes to the yeah, motorway. Yeah, you realise now that man, they needed to do that because it's, it's still jam packed. So if we they didn't, it would be even worse. Yeah, that's right. Well, so what you've got there is an issue with um, vehicle imports, right? So uh, it's cheap to to purchase a vehicle mm-hmm. than what it was, say, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. So more on the road. More on the road, mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, New Zealanders ha- have come used to that lifestyle. And, and it's not just about um, practicality. It's got to do with the terrain of the earth. I mean, the terrain of the Waitakere area, mm. you know, to get to Piha or to get to um, out Massey and further that way. Yeah. It's not the the public transport is just not. You just don't have confidence in, mm. in public transport. And I remember catching the bus at nine, uh, 1990s and had the same problem. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a teenager going, "Where's the bus?" So uh, yeah, I think um, it's having that understanding of. How are you going to develop further for Auckland to to 
um, to grow, you know, on a good balance. Um, Because if you have a rush of um, immigration, you're going to come up with more complaints. Uh, It's kind of looking at, I'm looking at on the fringe areas with development uh, because if you just pack everybody into one area with intensification, right, uh, it, it's um, it's got to have that support there. So there's, there's infrastructure in certain areas and then going up further on the fringe, well, it's you can develop and design in a different way that it's going to self-support. You know, so they were looking at out, um, I know a developer was looking at out Manukau where he had his own kind of like community that was independent. Uh, I don't know if he's actually developed it any further, but it was it was a great idea. And then looking at, um, for me, it's, I'm saying wait and look at um, new technology and design when it comes to rail or buses uh, instead of just uh, rushing in and going, yeah, we'll, we'll, buy, we'll buy this for 70 million and, and chucking it in there because... Uh, because the, the light rail they were throwing up there, the light rail down the main road, that was the, yeah, the it's proposals. interfering with businesses, and and Central Auckland took a big hit with that, um, especially the restaurants association. Mm. Uh, so they all felt the pinch. If, and if and wasn't you're out enough, at eh? night, and you're like, "There's nothing open," you know. So if COVID wasn't enough, eh? <laughs> yeah, if COVID wasn't enough. Um, and I think um, the. I think with everything that's going on right now, we have to acknowledge that even though our youth are very silent, uh, they are actually very aware of what's going on and they are worried, you know. Especially about youth because, you know, they're the ones that we really want to hear their, hear their voices, right? And with the problem with no one voting for, for local government, like, I think it was the lowest it's been. This time around? This time around. It was lower than last time. It's still another week to go. Uh, yeah. We're looking at 180,000 votes now um, mm. that have been, you know, um, they've, they've actually counted. So, um, so, so, what do you think that is? What, how can we get more people to vote, or how can we get more people to care about local government? I'd like to suggest um, that they introduce um, political science at to the age. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it's not something that will take a year to learn unless you want it to be a year to learn and that depends on how much history you want to know I think just the basics and understanding how important their vote is and how it affects the area and looking at all the issues that are going on right now I know I I interviewed some youths and and they were like I don't care you know like I don't care just just want my bus to turn up you know, and then um, oh, there you go. There's a reason to vote. <laughs> yeah, you want your bus right. to turn up quicker. <laughs> that's right. So, um, and then there yeah. were uh, some of the youth that were saying, you know, I want to, I want to vote, and because what's the age? Eighteen, is it? Eighteen. Oh, it's yeah. eighteen. It's, uh, so when I was sixteen, which is a few years ago, um, I I wanted to vote. As soon as I got my license, I wanted to vote. So to hear their voices made me think that just was that was decades ago when I wanted this to to happen Um, and it's about acknowledging not just the voters or the elderly or um, some of us who are middle age Um, it's it's a (laughs) 
that what are you near? It's the youth. They, they are the future. Um, they're going to will retire and they take over those positions and they become council. I'd, I'd like them to be aware if they do go into council how the role actually is and their responsibilities and understanding how um, how it helps their community if they decide they want to go down that path. You know, I'm not um, trying to. Uh, deter them from it, but just give them more understanding. I, I think the focus uh, for youth right now is on the Kardashians and every other thing that's out there about fun. But I, from for my my young adult, it it told me that what he's dealing with is just uh, all the problems that are going on, not just with with New Zealand, but internationally. And so he's he's shown me that he's actually hiding behind this fear, but trying not to show it, because um, it, with COVID they they did struggle during that time. And even though they put on a smile, they um, they do need counselling. Some of them, you know, uh, there's no way of getting around that. And it's been supportive for our youth and our communities, you know. We've become this um, society where we view youth as, oh, you're fine, you've got your phone, yeah, there's your TV, um, yeah, go to school, you know. And <clears throat> by distancing ourselves from whatever they're doing or enjoying, we're actually distancing them from their future of being able to understand. Um, and I think we kind of rely too much on education systems to fix it you know just you fix it or we kind of rely on community groups to fix it and um, it's about it, it does come down to the parents you know whether they want to see um, progression and f for the youth because all parents love the youth um, but the the issue is there that they are coming less um, they're becoming distant as well you know you, you can you can see that in the difference with a, a a young youth who is got does have the support from their parents, and also has the support from their community that they excel. Um, so yeah, that's that's a that's a an important issue for me to make sure that they have the um, knowledge when it comes to policy, knowledge about their vote and what difference it makes. Um, I, I'm not worried what political party they choose. It's more of that they have the understanding of what it's going to do to help them in the future. Mm. Mm. I, I see. Um, I see business and entrepreneurship. Cause oh, we'll, that's because yes, yeah. once you get into those kind of fields, once you get into that realm, you know now you take notice to to what the laws are. Mm. You know, and then you might you might want to see what's you know what, how how they can affect your business, or how can improve your business, or 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 whatever, and then you can go into that, go into the, go into policies and all that. I think. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. um, it, it forces you to. It's incentive to to look at the policies when it affects you, when it affects your, um, at least business if you start a business then you want to know what the taxes are and the tax laws and all that kind of yeah, stuff that's right. and who comes in who's in the government and blah blah that kind of stuff so yeah that's right because it yeah. does affect your import goods yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's it's all of it they're all 
independent systems. And once you can grasp as a youth um, how that system works, then you're quite easily to pick up everything else as mm. well. I think um, uh, you said about, what did you just say before? I think um, I, I looked at how the youth are coping in Europe and um, also areas like uh, Western society. And um, they they have the same issues, but their their interests uh, are different compared to Auckland and New Zealand. Uh, but uh, what I can see is there are youth that are becoming less interested in the actual work, you know, actual physical work. And that it's about being on social media, selling a product and mm. um, or a service of some sort. More than tech side. Yeah, it's like a, a, mm. a side hustle, right? And and that's great, completely great. I think um, uh, with with my background and in, in the work experience I've had, it's made me stronger as a person to be able to be independent and to be able to say, um, as a female. Uh, there's no challenge that I can't put myself in focus and and work towards and understand how that's made me better as an adult. So physical physical work I think is important. It's it's a learning curve. Even if you decide that you don't like the job, um, it's more of having the experience. And you, I'm I'm more um, respectful because of the industry that I've been involved with of men, to be honest, and the hard challenges that they have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, the stress that they deal with. So I um, I can see how uh, if youth are choosing a path, which I've seen that's happening over in Europe, um, they no longer want to do any physical work at all. They want AI. They want... Um, uh, what's delivery services? What's that guy's name? Uh. It's in Korea. That's right. It is. It's becoming, we've become reliant on services that are uh, kind of international trade, right? Um, but they, Amazon. That, those services know. like uh, Uber Eats, that's, that's more convenience. And I think, see, I'm big on, on that now. <laughs> I'm big on co convenience. <laughs> Like yeah. I want, I want, I want, to, I want to teleport to here yeah. to my work in under five minutes, you know. Yeah. Under that's under right. two seconds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's the um, I think it's the overload of uh, pressure that we put on ourselves with work commitments, and you become less um, less time for family and less time for yourself, and I think that's uh, I think that's felt all around, not just for. Um, not just for construction workers, it's also any industry. Uh, it's not just uh, you yourself as an employee, it's also the employers, you know, and I think that's, um, that'd be great if that could change, so it's more suitable and, and more um, more designed by our youth because the whole design of any system is that you can change it. You know, so like, for example, Italy, they have a fiesta, you know, so for they have a two-hour break mm. for their lunch, you know, that's, that's amazing. But they work through till 12 at night. 
know, so they, they get that balance. So I'm not saying that New Zealand should do that. I'm just saying you look at the difference at how a system works in a different mm. area of the of the of the planet, you know, and how how it's uh, benefited the people. Has it really? The youth still move around, so they're they're moving away from out of the villages, and that's why they're encouraging um, immigration to go into those villages because they're slowly dying out. Beautiful country. <clears throat> it's that whole nine to five that's kind of old, eh? old school, and yeah. it's been around for centuries. The nine to five, and you know, it doesn't take into account technology. Times are changing, and I think with the lockdowns we've had travel, but with the COVID lockdowns we've had, we've had we we're forced to be at home and work from home if you could. Zoom has been a big, big part of uh, working from home, and now employees, employers have seen, you know, the benefits for their staff working from home and stuff like that. So, I know we're coming out of lockdown now, and people are going back slowly, going back to the offices. But some companies have still kept with the working from home. It might be, it might not be full time. Might be three days in office, two days at home, sort mm. of thing. And yeah, and they can start saving yeah, money. So right. it's a for me, that's that goes against the whole nine to five thing. And then instead of nine to five, why don't you make it twenty four hours? That's the whole time you can do your family, you can work, get things done. You don't have the whole day to do that. Yeah, so like you're more flexible. The more flexible sort of work because when you throw in, when you throw in mental health, like sometimes you need to, you know, not be stressed and that, and and take time for your family as well. You know, do do the laundry. Ch- chuck community work in there chuck yeah, yeah. community yeah, hours yeah. in there so yeah. then that way you're supporting your community as yeah. well you know and maybe um, stores don't need to open at 11 p.m because <laughs> you can get things done during the day you know yeah, yeah make more right. it makes more sense and and there'll probably be no traffic too because people will be you know there won't be like any more rush hours because no one's wake no one's got because half the city won't have their alarm set at 6 a.m and everyone's leaving at the same time so yeah, it's um, it's, inter- it's interesting that COVID has allowed us to see what we can do. But yeah, for for me anyway, we're back in the office, back to nine to five. So <laughs> yeah, but I think that's just the old school way. I think I think it's um, the reality is is that any system can be um, changed in order to benefit the community. The benefit the people because that's the whole point of having governance it's for the people and for their well-being now, well-being is the word lately but it's more about um, our youth are the next generation that are coming through and it's about helping them to be aware of what do you want to see in the future that's actually going to work or do you want to see both parents working day and night and never seeing them at all and then you end up in the same roller coaster ride and what's practical, what's what's going to work for the um, economy, what's going to work for the businesses, because, uh, you know, that the struggles for every business as well when you change or um, the dynamics of um, how it's going to affect their operation as well. That would change when you have an influx of population because then you get you get balance there. Mm. Um, so it's about... It's about people realizing that governments are here for you and that's that's the overall um, outcome that's that's what it's supposed to be and that's what they do as best as they can every uh, if you can you can look in history and say okay well 
we've got new councillors in, we've got councillors that have continued in the same role and the same result and then eventually a new generation comes in and replaces. So you've got to look at it in a practical sense of what do you see the future for Auckland. So you've got um, a lot of areas outside of central cities who are underdeveloped, and that's where the issue of um, Three Waters comes in. Uh, so how do we support that without actually affecting our own in economy and the own running of our businesses in central Auckland, you know, so uh, yeah, that's that's a difficult one when you're trying to bring, you know, bring up other areas. Uh, it's got a lot to do with um, how those councils are, are running and, and the actual growth of their population too. So uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a catch-22 of when they decide to have more immigration come in and um, looking at things uh, of the infrastructure is the main important part here. Um, it's it's uh, billions of dollars to be able to um, invest in this, uh, but I don't want to see our youth have to carry it, you know, so much. It's it's I think it's too possibly too early. I mean, if I'm elected, they're going to have to convince me otherwise. I'd want to actually look at the designs. I'd want to actually see how it's laid out, not just a little picture with a yellow line direction over in this this corner here. This is what's going to happen here. I, I want to actually see what it looks like. I mean, aren't you interested as an architect how it's actually designed? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um... do you prefer the... Look at this lovely red line over here. This is the rail. Or this is where the... Oh, they can do a lot of pretty pictures then. Uh, yeah. They can do lots yeah. of pretty pictures. But. I, I think I just asked for too much, really. But um, <laughs> I think uh, it's just more having a, a practical approach. And I, what I can't see with our, um, uh, the current council members is that they can confidently say, from experience yeah, this is going to work. They rely on other departments to do it for them. When it comes to an actual problem and something failing, who's to blame? You know, so... Because you've got some experience in the building industry because you, you're a quantity survey? Just yeah. a little, just a little compared to... But you practised that in the council? Is that where you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, what, and what sort of work do you do for the council at the moment? Um, in regards to that... Uh, just because um, that's just a small part of what you do. Yeah, it's a small yeah. part. So I just check your architectural designs and make sure everything's okay. So you're in the building consent part of the the council, are you? Are you in building consent and resource consent? Uh, no, I'm out, out actually doing inspections. All oh, right, right. So mm -hmm. I get to see what's going on there, mm -hmm. and in different areas, which is helpful to know. But it, it's a challenging job. It's it's not easy. Um, and but I like challenge, and so I took the role on. And um, yeah, it's been challenging. It's it's been difficult during uh, COVID. Uh, all the staff were under pressure. Not just the building consents department. Everybody was mm. working overtime to to keep keep the um, keep the community going. You know, so I, I could see the pressure that we're all under. Mm. Yeah. It's not what people think that um, they just make a phone call and the magic happens. 
um, and that everybody's sitting around drinking cups of tea and not doing anything. It's it's actually a very cha- a big challenge to actually work for council. You know, you've got to enjoy that and enjoy the early starts and the late finishes. You know, because you have that um, you have that focus that it's for the better good. You know, yeah. When it comes to building consents and the building consent process, there's always the same story, like so expensive and there's a lot of red tape and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Is there any, do you see any like opportunities to change the process? Again, it's a system and uh, there's always room for improvement, no mm. matter what it is. It doesn't have to be just building consents. There's always room for improvement. Um, so as a councillor, when you, when, if you get voted in, would that be part of what? decisions you can um it just just depends so uh, councillors uh portfolios they get certain portfolios but uh, if if someone is given that portfolio or area uh, i would assist them to help them you know so it just depends on what what um, portfolio they get so the mayor will tell you what i'm not sure i'm not sure how they decide on who um gets to take care of what in regards to a, a Aside from your ward, you know, um, it, there's the bigger picture. There's uh, uh, looking again at town planning, uh, the uh, finance budget, as well as um, the assets, and also infrastructure again. Um, and then the community support, and then the complaints, and then also how um, internally council operates. You know, so it's it's a really tight ship, and um, you know there's there's a role that everybody plays, and you kind of um, you aim high to try and deliver the best you can. So uh, I know that the staff love their job, but it's so challenging, and it's not um, it's not as easy as it looks. You know, so that's where away I went in to see if it's what everybody says that. Council's um, terrible and da da da, but I saw another saw another different story. Yeah, you know? yeah. And what, what story was that? Um, the hard workers, you know, um, they also like to have fun time outside of work, um, but the pressure is high, you know. So um, you might get customer services, but the actual staff working in the background, uh, full on working, you know. Well, what were some of your main issues for? For this ward out west, that 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 first comes to mind when you when you first thought about running for council. Uh, the youth actually brought my attention to public transport in regards to bus services. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't. I I don't think the project's completed yet, and the areas that concern me. Uh, you drive around and and you can see. Um, the degradation of some areas that have just lost there's been no um, improvement you know and I can see it I remember what it was like like 20 years ago I remember what it was like 30 years ago and I can see how it's developed and improved Um, I think for so that's that's definitely an issue in regards to how it's how the new the rail system is now it's great you know um it's it's actually been a long project for council and the councillors so they did a great job with that underground rail in town is it 
Oh, no, no. So you're talking about Waitakere Ward? So oh, for yeah, New okay, Lynn, yeah, yeah. you know, that for New Lynn and actually setting it up. Um, and it's more practical, I guess. And then the next um, issue I'd like to address is what the individual suburbs uh, are actually wanting to deal with right now the problems that they're dealing with right, right now because uh, all of the suburbs are dealing with the same thing, like you're saying, with intensification, the public transport, mm. um, traffic, congestion, <coughs> you know, mm. and so... Um, you in Glenina, Glenina? Yeah, yeah. See how they the, those red um, bumps? Oh, they're lovely. They're lovely. <laughs> like you like the queue? Oh, I want more. They should be closer. <laughs> you know? I think it took me uh, half an hour to get through, but... Uh, like There's three tra- set of traffic lights just in an area mm. of, you know, 50 metres. It's just kind of, uh, I think, a little bit overkill. But when I look at the way the rail is designed and how could they keep it um, within a budget, yeah, I, I don't know the details, so I can't really make a, uh, I can't make a comment on that. Mm. Um, what I liked about the Union 2 plan when it first came out, I remember, was the more housing around public transport lines. And that's why you see those apartment buildings in Glenelan next to the train tracks. And even Avondale, building apartments down there and stuff. So, hmm. Yeah, uh, further out, I think near... Because um it makes sense, because the train's there, you can just go down the train. Yeah, that's right. But that's I didn't realise about the... <laughs> I didn't think about how in the suburbs when they're when you're building like five townhouses in one in one block you know it's got to do with um where they can actually do development you know mm. uh council have a have gotten tougher on stormwater systems being able to because of newland when we had that um flash flood and right, it collapsed uh, I was like, I was like right there. I I, I actually, before it collapsed, I was actually looking over the side. What an idiot. (laughs) I I didn't even think how, how seriously um, I was at risk, but um, Mm. I didn't think about it till later and I drove away and it just went. Oh, were you there when it happened? Yeah, I was there when it happened. What were you doing? Oh, I was looking. (laughs) What do you do? You see it falling and uh, uh, there are other people and I was telling them. Did people know? No, but they were getting closer because they wanted to take photos. And I, oh. I was like, oh, I wanted to have a look and say, oh, no, don't, you need to get away. But of course, I'm going to have a look, you know. Um, so it was quite serious. Yeah. It was quite serious. It's, it was cool. quite serious because um, Fia Fia and I shut down <laughs> straight away after that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty serious. <laughs> everyone, had to go, everyone had to go down south. To <laughs> <laughs> I remember Fia Fia. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, I remember nightclubbing in Newland. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But that, that, yeah. So there's, there's things like I think could improve with how the, you know, the whole work and play thing. Well, we've got... Um, because the the trust doesn't help out with, with all that. Sorry? The trust, the Porter's Road, Porter's Trust and Licensing Trust. Yeah. Because I feel like I'd, they don't help with the... Establishments we've got are out out west, you know, like like cause since they control them, there's no opportunity for a new guy to come in and open up a nice nice establishment. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure how they're operating as they um, elect a new board this coming election. Um, I'd be interested in knowing where the funds are going. 
um, to make sure that um, it's um, shared appropriately. And, uh, you know, if this, there's a, a project, you've got to put it forward to them to say that this is what you want to do. And that's the stepping stone. Um, in regards to re-election, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't really have a lot to do with the um, licensing trust and how they operate. Is it necessary? I was asked um, whether we should wipe out the licensing trust boards and set up and just um, it goes back to um, the local boards. And uh, I don't know. I, I would investigate that and mm. actually look whether it's a practical cost solution. Um, we talked to um, a war take. Who? Sorry? A war take. You know, Nick Smale and a war take. No. War, like Wartag, W-A-R-T-A-G. Yeah. I think they're called... They've received funding? No. No, they're just a community organisation that's against the trust. Oh, they are? They want to get rid of the monopoly. Oh, okay. They don't want to yeah. get rid of the trust itself, but yeah. just their monopoly. Yeah, I think the concern for the public is that it becomes an issue similar to, to other areas, other wards where um, alcohol is available in every corner. And I, I, I think that's an issue. I don't either way see a solution. It's more of what the people want, to me. Um, what they see, uh, it's got to be something practical. And actually, um, it's got to do with, or I mean, now we're getting a lot of crime happening in West Auckland, mm. you know. And the government's slow to give out that. Um, they've got like it used to be liquor stores. To... It used to be, there were for a while, little while that was liquor yeah. stores and liquor stores started bringing in better security. And then now it's um, ram rates. Yeah, ram ram rates. rates. But yeah. the government allocated some money to help these businesses set up bollards or, or prevention security for their stores, but that hasn't even come out yet. From from, from from government, I think they allocated a, lot, a whole lot of money to to give to stores to upgrade their um their security. Their security, especially yeah. stores that that have been ram raided before or in the area that are, they're prone to be ram raided. But it's funny. We were kind of like a crime <clears throat> rate waiting to happen mm. because uh, because we're we're a safe safe community in that sense because we have the the grounding of trust. You know, um, and we support our local businesses, especially around um, during COVID. You know, a lot of people went out shopping and etc. I think um, for whatever reason, this crime increase is happening. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, there's no. Um, yeah, I think social media plays a big part, especially with the ram rates, because you know when it's on social media, everybody, you know, wants to better it. You know, all the kids they want to better it. Um, there's that too, and uh, and the lack of punishment for the kids. I think a lot of people are wondering because it's the kids underage are doing it. No one gets, no one's held responsible for it. Not even mm. the parents. Mm. But that's what some people say. It's sort of like a loophole if the, if the elders tell the kids to go do it because they the punishment is not that hard. I I think <clears> it's a history thing when it comes to crime. So uh, you're looking at poverty, um, families that are struggling, and the crime back then was worse, uh, per se. So 
Um, now it went through a phase of the community were getting support from New Zealand police and so the crime rate kind of changed. Now it's kind of, uh, it looks to be focused on ram raids right now. So uh, when I researched and looked, investigated overseas uh, cities and how they operate and deal with uh, crime, I guess um, I was told that one of my friends said, oh, you've become a nanny state, you know, and mm. I was like, ow, that kind of hurt, you know, because it's like, oh, is, is, is this what's going on now? We're, we're a nanny state and need to be tougher on, on crime. The issue there is that from history with crime, prison, um, you've got a lot of um, unfair treatment. So that's why... Um, central government has stepped in to try and do it in another way. So like I said, it's a trial. They try things to see if it's going to work. Um, so what and are obviously doing? it's not working. So what are they, they doing other than putting bullets outside shops and that? Well, that's something new that's come out mm. now because at the moment it's ram raiding. What's it going to be next? You know, cause that's what I saw with um, uh, the crime. It's only... What I could see was there was only one country, two countries that actually have a zero crime rate, and that's because the police force are, well, that's um, Saudi Arabia, right? So, you know. Well, Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you get whipped uh, if you spit? Yeah. So, so there's all different ways of dealing yeah. with crime, but um, it, it's it's uh, it's it's not. Um, uh, every city has it. That's that's what I could see, and uh, how they deal with it. Well, as you increase the population, the crime rate will go up. There's no doubt about it. To be able to control it, I think um, are the parents being held responsible? Uh, what are the reasons why the parents aren't more involved? What's going on with the child? So that's where I think when my friend said that it's a nanny state, these are the issues that our current government were trying to deal with, break it down try and sort it out from the bottom but we've had um, an increase in um, gang activity you know and uh, I'm I'm looking at it that this isn't in, in control of the government they, they can't control that they're trying to uh, what's the solution well I know that um, when my grandfather was a um, chief for Māori wardens back then um, the crime rate was not at all. So he would get the kids involved in sport. You know, he did that in his own time. Um, he um, funded for tennis courts. You know, he got them uh, sports uh, equipment. You know, um, so he, yeah, it, it's a different kind of aspect of whatever that child or, or young youth is going through. Um, what's driving them to actually carry out that crime? Is it is it that they're wanting to be accepted by other peers because they feel um, disconnected from their family and so they're choosing to be with a group that's their age and because that's what teenagers do, they want to hang out. But, um, you know, the, the, the push is that everybody's going to have a, phone, a mobile phone 
everybody's got to have these shoes, everybody's got to have materialistic things, you know. So is that the, the fault of the parents, even if they're working really hard? Is that the fault of the parents for not giving that grounding in, in church? Is it that they are disconnected from the community? Is it the parents that they don't get enough time spent with the child to actually bring them up and raise them or lift them up? Is it that their family support isn't really there? Because I know with my family, we're all spread out all over the place and the only connection we have these days is, is through Facebook. But when we get together, we're a family. You know? so, um, and that's only because of... The, the reason for that is because of the way we were, we were brought up. You know, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't crime in my family. It was your... your uh, it was fun. You didn't have, you're out at night till the lights come on, you know. Um, you didn't have to worry about safety back then. It's a different story now. And that's the same issues that every city is dealing with. It's not safe out there, you know. I know that I could walk home by myself at late hours at night, but not these days, you know. So it's about um, setting up, uh, I guess, you know, uh, some sort of security so that you feel safe at night and that's what uh, the news and media are drumming in right now is that you used to be able to walk around at night and it's not safe anymore. I used to be able to go up and get the, the bread and, and milk up at the dairy, you know, uh, at a young age and it's, it's not there anymore. Um, and that's got to do with a lot of how the community um, environment is set up, you know. Um, I'm sure that if your youth has got nothing to do, they'd love to be doing some sort of activity with other youth. Uh, they don't want to be doing dishes. They don't, you know, they don't want to be um, <clears throat> hanging out with the old people and listening to them tell their stories. They want to mm. do something that's um, actually enjoyful for to take them away from the pressures of school. You're right, because when we were kids, that was our thing. Come home, play outside of the neighborhood kids. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Kids these days won't do that because they're all on the they're all on the games. Or so you need to give them media. something else. Like you, you give them zeal down there at Henderson. You know zeal, the, the youth place down at Henderson. Oh yes, yes, yes. Give them places like that, community places. Like. I thought you were talking about zeal the product. I was like, what are they doing? It's called zeal. It's called no, zeal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was thinking zeal the product. I was oh. like, what are they doing? <laughs> the zeal product. <laughs> nah, but, um, Amazon. What? Down there. Yeah. But yeah, you give them all these community things, and I think that's what the. I've, I like to think the city is really good at all local government to give funding to these community groups to have these things in place. Like sport is a, is a, good, a good one, a good one to do. And we got sport. Why music. Music is a definite music interest. Is Dancing is what you want zeal. to do. That's all that zeal with that stuff, you know, and, and a lot of kids go down there, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of sport. Because we didn't, we didn't need to have that when we were kids there because we just play outside. No, no, yeah. there wasn't, you know, you're looking at um, as the population grows and the youth that are um, wanting to go to Zeal, you know, so it's also about um, making sure, sure you've got facilities that are suitable and then you've got staff, so, you know, it's actually operations as well as it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, I'm sure there's other places I'm thinking Zeal because that's the thing that stands out to me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, when you talk about like we talk about crime and the gangs and all that and you think of like it's hard it, if you unpack why this is happening it, there's a lot to unpack right there's a, there's a lot of factors and, yes. and poverty is the main one education in the background and health as well 
in these lower socioeconomical places, economic places, you know, that probably don't get any support. Because, you know, the word, the word diversity always pops up all the time, whether in at work or on TV or, or, or even free government and stuff like that. But when, when I look at Auckland City, it is a segregated city. In terms of like, if you look at the areas, like South Auckland's where the Pacific Islanders are, North Shore's where the Europeans are, South Africans. Did you just say that? Yeah, yeah, because that's the <laughs> stereotype, right? Or the Asians uh, are all East. Well, see, I, I don't see any difference because I was raised with all of them up during my childhood. So I don't, I don't see, I don't see that, you know, I just see people and they're struggling or they're not. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And I, I do understand what you're saying. Mm. I do understand. So, so when you talk about people that are struggling, people who are not struggling, the segregation, like people in people in Ramiro don't understand, you know. Even people in South Auckland don't understand what goes on because you know everyone stays where they are. And I think when you talk about Pacific Islanders, where we all are, our South Auckland, like we're they're sort of locked out everywhere else because they can't afford to live in Ramiro or. St. Helier's or by the beach or things like that in general, you know. So and and if you look at what they've got, like you, we talk about, if we get rid of the trust, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of liquor stores around every every corner, because we don't you hear the same thing what people say because we don't want to be like South Auckland, because that's what they say, you know. So why is there a lot of liquor stores there and not? Anywhere else, and then, Auckland, and then you, you have know? West Auckland that having to travel to some other area to get alcohol because those uh, liquor yeah, stores exactly. are shut. Yeah, exactly. You know? And the other thing is, the banks, the banks in South Auckland have been replaced by, yeah. by um, instant finance and all that. You know, you can go to the UK, and majority of the um, what's happening is that. The banks are closing in small villages, um, and it's just an ATM machine if it's working, just one. So I'm starting to see that kind of same behaviour pattern happening here in Auckland. Because um, everyone's moving to digital? Everyone's more using apps now rather than banking? Yeah, but it makes it inconvenient for... And you're kind of like moving it more into the malls, more into a central area, which is, is good. It's great. It's difficult for elderly, though. You know, um, so when you're when you're looking at the way it's changing, uh, I, le- I really liked how um, history in Egypt and the history with Iran and Iraq, as well as um, even though that was under a dictatorship, the I noticed with Rome, you know, uh, what happens is that a city gets so big that you can't fit any more people in that area. The um, the businesses close because there's n- no more customers because the now you've got a spread out of population, and these areas slowly start to build up their little city, and because people you you it's it's cheaper for you to stay in your area because you choose to <coughs> right it's, it's that's your freedom you can choose to just the same way if you choose to. Um, uh, choose the environment for your child and the education for your child. Um, I had one point on Facebook uh, about, um, well, you all, you all have this opportunity now to 
educate yourself and, and get out there and, and bring you up to this level. It's not quite that easy. I've done the hard road, you know. Um, I survived. So it's it's about um, definitely the environment that they're in. It does affect a child, you know, mm. and up to youth. Uh, youth is really, really where that they're at the age of um, they're going to skip town, move to something that's more suitable for them, um, or they have to be there to support their family because of their finances, you know. And that's hard. It's hard for... Um, the re- reality for a youth teenager to be able to realise that they can't leave, you know, because their parents and family are struggling. Uh, I, I know the stories, I've seen it. So it's more of, um, it's about, it's very similar to Māori uh, protocol. So they, you have iwi that are kind of like isolated out in their little area. They don't have big support from government or they have um, benefits or they are working, but there's low, um, there's low growth with the work that's available there. So what you've got now is that they, um, they come together um, and have meetings and then they decide on how they're going to um, help any issues for the youth. And it's, it's on a smaller scale. But this is kind of like a, um, a constant contact. And it's a constant community um, and keeping in contact. It's very similar to um, religion, uh, their practices as well. The, the community, regardless of where you come from, um, they, they take care of each other. And I think that when you start to um, segregate yourself from another suburb, it's got nothing to do with ethnicity. It's got a lot to do with the environment that affects the child, but it's also got to do with the community that brings them up. You know, so <clears throat> there's no easy answer to actually um, fix this problem. It's really got to come down to the parents and the community to be able to give that grounding and that root for them to be able to flourish as they get older. It's more of about I think for me it's more about moral standards, learning, which is basically what um, going to church does. It teaches you moral standards, respect for others, respect for your elderly, and understanding you're not just a community, you're kind of like family, you know. So you've got a generation that maybe uh, youth who are in crime that have been abused by their family, so they're completely disconnected. You know? Does that help what you were asking me? I can't remember the question. <laughs> No. no, no, no. Yeah, it's um, it's it's looking at a different perspective, yeah. and and seeing that even though um, so you're saying Remy Wera, they're having struggles too. You, you just don't see it. They they are um, kind of connected with their community, but also kind of not, you know. But they they are having they they do have family struggles um, that money can't fix. A good examples of that. Um, that elderly lady that passed away and was found in the car mm. in the car park, you know. So it doesn't matter which country you're in. Elderly uh, is an area that I want to make sure that the community are more involved in taking care of, you know, because this is happening overseas all the time. When it comes to Māori being targeted or Polynesian being targeted about um, the number of prisoners, right, the, the percentage, when I travelled overseas... It wasn't Māori that were in prison. It was different ethnicities in, in every area. So it's it's got nothing to do with ethnicity. It's got to do with the system that actually is um, 
whether that system is actually supporting uh, them to get out of a slump that they've found themselves in. It's difficult to do. It's not an easy task, and it, it's um, it's the, a gang is in their own system anyway. They're a family because they're the outcasts, mm. you know, and they don't never intended to be. Um, but it's the way the, <clears throat> the it's the way the environment is. Yeah, and you can't say for, it's generation to generation, them, yeah. right? Because um, because they found that alternative, right? They don't want to. Because the gangs, why there's so many of them, because of the situation they're in in their environment, is that right? And they find being in the gang as, as an alternative to to just go on straight and narrow in, in society. It's, um, I'm not quite sure the detail, but I can understand what you're saying. Um, but If uh, things get too bad, then I'd rather be in the gang because it's not working. When I live on this life, it's not working. I may as well join the gang. It's more of that... It's, you can't compare it to being the same as a, a religion. You know, um, there's different uh, there's different uh, moral standards there, but it's a family unit for them because they come from a family that's broken. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not I can't speak for them. You know, but I can from uh, because my family were involved with um, uh, the first training scheme program for. Um, Auckland, back in the days, uh, there were gangs from all walks of life. I mean, we had mafia living with us, you know. Like, I didn't even think about it until I grew up older. Of how, how um, I don't think it was significant to me. But we had people from all walks of life. Um, we had European, you know, uh, Fijian, Maori, Pacific, Island, um, and all suffering in some way. So uh, that's where my family, you know, I, I had the opportunity to learn from that experience and how they deal with it, you know. Um, there's no easy answer for it. It's, um, it's, it's a challenge for any, any government. It's a challenge. Uh, you're, are you saying that the country can become a utopia? You know, it's kind of a different level and different design. So at this stage, I think looking at our youth to try and give them some direction and give them a better understanding and outlook, that's going to be helpful from local government as well as central. Mm-hmm. You know, They're trying to do their best. I, I, I do believe they're trying to do their best. But, um, you know, you, you're talking about layers and layers of problems and issues mm-hmm. and you're talking about a population of, you know, four million and, and then you've got natural disasters that are happening, you know, well, COVID as well. And then um, then you're looking at the GDP and how the economy is being affected. And then you're looking at inflation. You know, these are all challenges that everybody's actually feeling the pressure for. So, you know, I'm, I actually wish the other candidates all the best, you know, because it's, it's a challenging job. I can see it. You know, I can really see that it's challenging and rewarding in a way if you come up with the right answer and you get a solution my my two biggest things for the government helping helping the people is education and health and the last i know covid's been here and our health has had a had a struggling time with that but still i think the government hasn't really did a good job to priorities to prioritize these 
these two things in my mind like well i hear like it's 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 cycleways it's transport it's um it's uh what's that one climate change but for me like if well, what do you what do you think of the the suggestion for free public transport <clears throat> uh depends who where where the money's going to come from that's, like are the rates going to go up that's the catch right yeah are the rates going to go up so i know yeah i know if the rates go up that's my mum paying extra <laughs> extra right. for her rates you know that's right. so. plus you know um food prices food, cost food of prices groceries gone yeah. up i saw a lot of people at costco's i didn't go i didn't go, you go to the car? no 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 you're not no, gonna go no no no, no. <laughs> they had problems to, to the yesterday i think that because i heard on radio they the the rotisserie part the the where, where they cook the meat in that there was a fire alarm so everyone had to get evacuated and then the force machines went down so everyone was leaving their tr- trolleys at the counter <laughs> So I don't know if that's a call, uh, that's because there were so many people there, but mm. it's been crazy. Eh? Mm. Any of your family gone? To Costa? No, no. no. Um, I think. Uh, but that's another thing for, because I think. So you're talking to, about health, and you're talking about. I'm talking about how to handle poverty, and I think if you take care of poverty first, then climate change will happen naturally. Because when you're poor, climate change is the last thing on your mind. First thing, I mean, first thing on right. your mind, you want to survive. You yeah, that's to right. Get a job or go to work. It's or human nature to step in with survival. Or feed your family. You can need to jump in the car and go to work to feed your family. So, I think you handle poverty first, and then climate change can come. Yeah, and then, and then education is the health. Like, there's been a whole lot of problems with health. The government can probably do a good job of doing that. Education, you know, we know we know all about the the, the salaries of teachers and. And nurses, you know, they, they get, they're like low pay, they're always, always on strikes, you know. And, and the cost of living has gone up, so that it makes things even worse. But I think the government needs to look after these places, because if you look after health, education, and, you know, you, you, then you'll take care of poverty from the back end. And then all the rest will, will fall into place after that. You're right. My suggestion was that um, our health services receive... Um, Free public transport. They were the mm. ones that actually did the miles during COVID. They were the ones working overtime. You know, they're the ones that. Uh, That's a good idea. It's uh, it's like the they're leaving New Zealand, so an attractive um, way to encourage uh, more medical staff to come here is free transport. Okay, and it's a it's a good trial thing. You know, um, uh, it was suggested about twenty four hour service free, and realistically. Um, it's not practical in the sense that the uh, not right now because it's going to cost the voters. That's 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 the unbalance. So I would say during during um, public holidays, during summer season, yeah, the 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 train um, services to run twenty four seven because coming this Christmas, there's going to be an influx of tourism. Uh, they feel safe in New Zealand. We don't have poisonous spiders, you know. Um, it will be a security issue for New Zealand police. Um, so they will be even more pressed for, um, you know, the ambulance services, fire. So that, that's due to good weather, you know, um, and just people drinking too much and just having fun. 
the the well, the way I saw it is that okay, so obviously the parents are struggling at this stage. So for students that are attending school from Monday to Friday, they get free transport. If they choose to decide to travel after that, then that's a cost and keep the for the citizens keep it low. But during tourism, tourists is slightly higher. And that, that was something that I picked up I noticed in, in Switzerland that they um, they have they, they did the full rates where the, the voters, um, the ratepayers, um, covered the costs. But I, I did see how they did manage um, that kind of move. You know, it wasn't straight into everybody got to travel for free. I think it's important that we acknowledge our um, public health system we acknowledge them for the efforts that they made because they were screaming pressure with working 14 hours, you know, because of short staff. And so it's kind of like they're due, they're due this kind of reward to say, okay, you guys are doing um, shift hours, you know, you're having to put up with um, alcoholics, um, you're having to put up with um, people who are needing care. Um, regardless of at what age, give them something to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Um, I don't have to worry about the stress. And then that's a good example of how we can see in the future, as the population growth, then go to uh, free public transport because you need that, you need that um, infrastructure first to be able to support um, the population growth. So yeah, that that was my idea in regards to health. I think um, I think the systems that we have now, like Waipereira, uh, I'm not quite sure what's out south of that because I I I'm not quite sure they've got nothing out there. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I'm not familiar with South Auckland as much. I I have used their services before um, when it comes to the local hospital. Um, it's great. I think, uh, yeah, that's an up and coming. I guess for um, it's it's when you when you're talking about health, uh, and then you've got uh, like uh, you've got North Shore Hospital, you've got Auckland Hospital, and you've got Manukau Medical Centre. I think it is, uh, and then you've got also out 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 at um, uh, Middlemore mm. Hospital. So that's where uh, they mainly go for South Auckland. I don't know of. I don't know of another one. Um, so that's that's going to eventually happen for for Manukau. Eventually, they'll have a hospital base there as the population grows. There's no um, there's no uh, timeline when it comes to being a visionary, uh, and you're having to deal with all these problems that are going on. When it comes to education, you're right. Um, it's about I think um, because they've, that's they've really changed a, the the decile system now. Eh? They're not doing it anymore. Eh? Well, it, it's it's that's actually a central government um, mm. situation, and local governments just follow the rules uh, and what's applicable. Uh, and then you've got private schools, and then you've got public schools. Uh, there has been improvement. I can see with um, college and high school. Um, Support. Uh, there is counselling available. There wasn't counselling back in my days where it was easily available by phone. Uh, they've got 
better support systems for youth when it comes to education. Um, the facilities are being upgraded. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, so, so the, the, I know a while ago, I think when, when National were um, in government, they had to close schools down in certain areas because, you know, it's got to do with population and the running a public school and costs um, in order to balance everything out and making sure that um, this area or suburb or urban area is um, obviously showing more families are moving to this area so they need the support. Uh, you don't really hear anything about um, schools actually um, struggling these days compared to 10 or, or 15 years ago. You mm, know, mm. So it, it has improved in some way. Can it be improved more? I think the type of um, subjects that they are learning, I think they're possibly a little bit behind. Um, uh, the teachers are doing a wonderful job. I shouldn't be saying that they're a little bit behind, but that's the criteria. They're given the criteria and that's what they have to do. So um, you're, you're right about the schools improving now. Because I went to Waitakere. Um, uh, I went there and um, when I was at school, this is early 90s, when I was at high school, there were, you could tell what which were the bad schools, like schools that just... Across the road from the, the Well, other. it was Hinson High back when I was at school. Hinson yeah, High wasn't right. a really good school. They had no uniform, a lot of bad kids I don't know, there. I liked playing, I liked using your cricket, your cricket <laughs> field there. That was really well, at Watsik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, yeah. didn't have the fence then. But yeah. No, we didn't have the fence back then. Yeah. We had those trees around across. But I think our school was good at music. We've always been good at music. We always had plays and that. Like um, We always had talent quests that were, were pretty popular when I was there. But yeah, you could tell which were the bad schools. Like Henson High, good example. But now that's changed its around. It's one of the top schools now at West. Eh? Yeah, so you got to look at it that way. Um, the school that I attended... That was the bad school for Auckland Central, um, and then it turned around. What was, was that? Uh, Seddon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was one That's, of the bad uh, schools. Western Springs now. It's Western Springs, yeah. yeah. So it took the name change that actually influences and actually bringing out um, the more uh, practical design of a school that makes it um, appealing to a student, you know, uh, yeah when it was just usually yellow or white walls and the building was cold and, um, you know, those were, were that was the past. So in order to get there, the the central governments made and helped improvements for, for those areas, you know. So, yeah, what can you do about education? Is that what you're asking? No, I mean, I was, I was saying that edu education is one of my things, priority things that should be, could be improved in the whole country, in fact, you know, to, tackle, uh, to tackle poverty, you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you've more got money more money into education uh, into health. When, when I was out there, there was only Auckland University and you had to pay um, 20000 just for the first year and you got $50 for student, mm -hmm. um, uh, your student wage, you know, that just wasn't possible back then. You know, there was nothing else, you know. So, um, you know, I feel with the students complaining with the way things are right now, I, I remind myself of how hard it was and I appreciate that um, the, the 
changes that have improved their situation, the, but they can't control inflation. They can't control um, food costs. They can't tr- control rent. You know, so it's, it's um, been felt again, like I remember how hard it was back then to be able to study and be able to just live, you know, get by. Um, didn't help that I had other areas where I was spending money, but um, it, it just made me realise how, um, how as a young adult I wasted money, you know. Um, and I, yeah, just just realise how uh, lucky youth are today, you know, to have the freedom to travel, to have the freedom to attend um, music events, you know, to have the freedom to um, take selfies. This is, I'm glad they don't have selfies back when I was then. That would, would have been terrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of a balance. It's it's improved. It's Can it be improved more? Mm, I think the subjects of the education is, is the task here. Of, of what we're um, teaching our young children uh, to have that more confidence and more community base, you know. Um, and everybody's doing a good job. Teachers are doing a great job as best mm. as they can. I know schools are big on creating leaders, especially for the kids, eh, for school, whether you're prefect or, or not, or whether you're... There's other things in school that, you know, you can have a leader and kids are sort of right, brought up to be, recognised to be a leader and then they'll they'll nurture that person. And, and that's... Uh, well, but Tiger, he, Tiger he, Woods is a good example, right? Is he? He is. At two years old and he was only given one subject. Really? Yeah, just golf. Oh, yeah. Right? So he doesn't know anything else, just golf? Just golf. <laughs> He's an example. Um... You know, it's a, it's more of a, um, a choice for for our youth um, if they want to advance themselves. If uh, I know of youth who are running away from home, there, and then it just makes it more of a struggle for them because they're they're finding it difficult with their own family. Um, their uh, council staff support that it was better than when I was back at school. I mean, mm. did you have counselling available? What? Uh, we had this... Um, Don't say any names. <laughs> not not official. Officially, I think it was within the school. An advisor. Yeah, we had, we had a... Oh, no, we, you, got, you got your normal guidance counsellor. But our guidance counsellor was like a enforcer dude telling people off for wearing wrong shoes and... Oh, so it was a uniform. Uniform police, you know, that was the guidance council, and he was, <laughs> he was the most hated guy in the whole school because he he was that enforcer dude that told you run off, right? But he ended up to be like one of my influences, one I am today because, like I said, he's the most hated guy around school, and always taking he he probably had a closet full of hats, caps, and and unregulated regulation shoes and jerseys and all that in his in his closet because that's that's the kind of guy he was, so everyone hated him. But man, when we went to that careers day at the end, um, end of my seventh form year, like he he gave me advice to go to to go to uni through architecture and all that, you know, because I I didn't know what what I wanted to do. But it was him that led me to where I am now today. So yeah, just for that, you just reminded me of that. Yeah, but but that, but that, but the we teachers had... the teachers there, 
uh, because I still keep in contact with my old school. Oh yeah. And and you're right. It's the the teacher has an amazing influence on children with what they say because you remember it the most. Mm. You know, um, they can have a negative or a positive. You know, so I think it's a. Uh, you know, you just sharing that story reminds me of of my days of teachers who actually had a good influence on me, mm. and um, it uh, that's important. You know, if, if it's not coming from the parents, it's coming from the teachers, because they're just like their parents, mm. not not technically, but they are. They're advisors. They're the carers. And they they step out of, out of their job to actually because they look at the child individually, mm. you know. It never used to be like that years ago. Yeah, to answer your question, we did we had an in-house thing where we were approached, we were picked. I was picked out of maybe six other um, Samoan kids, same year as me. We were picked because they saw potential in us and and offered us extra tutoring. Like during after school or before school, they asked us what time we want to do it. But that was the only time they ever did it. But um, yeah, that was the only. I don't think it was a, like an outside organization that did it, or it was just an in-house thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see um, that's um, becoming common practice with um, with um, high school, uh, yeah, college. They're doing career choices now, you know. Um, I'll be attending one soon, just um, to help out. It's a it's a voluntary option, so um, you know I encourage other adults to look at that as a opportunity to help the youth in their local area. You know, um, yeah, I uh, you know I applaud I applaud teachers and the efforts they make like that. You know, just because um, I think the youth are missing that part where there are elderly out there and teachers who have wise words to say and you carry that, you know, you carry that as you get older and, and just holding on to it no matter what life dishes at you. Hmm. So you're on the campaign trail? I decided to do my own thing. I've always actually just done my own thing in life. Um, always pushed for the challenge. Mm. Um, I decided that if they're going to go with um, lowering emissions, I won't do billboards or pamphlets. I thought if you're going to be green, and um, I'm not all green, yeah. but uh, you know I'm, I'm practical. It's like uh, every election. Eventually you see some that have been drawn on or smashed down and you know that that candidate has spent their money on, on doing this and you can't say to the public, um, we want you to lower your emissions but I need to go hang up my sign again because, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, come on, you, you've got you've to come to the playing field like everybody else and I um, I decided not to go with the billboards and the um, pamphlets to prove a point mm. that it is possible to um, be a candidate, get your message across and um, represent. Um, and I'd be looking, at, if elected, I'd be looking at ways of council delivering 
um, a better uh, operation for the candidates to be heard, um, and all candidates. And that I, I was asked the question, and I said, well, you could have, um, because what we don't have is a, in the old days it was a notice board for every local um, council, and that's how the members would, the community would visit in the community hall. There'd be a notice board there, and it's written up. And that's that's old school, and um, we have a generation that still um, remember that, you know. So I'm suggesting that council have on their website um, a notice board. So basically, it's the ward, and then you click onto that, and then you've got in the suburbs, and you click onto that. And you got everyone else, yeah. And then you've got the community groups that are available, um, and then you click onto that. And then when it comes to the candidates, uh, it's there is a, a lot of voices from candidates feeling that they're not being heard. And so I, I looked at because you've got to be you've got to bring not just the operation of of um, operating on the sense of the the structure of the city. You've also got to be looking at it internally. So um, how do we improve that? Um, I suggested that we um, also, with those wards and those um, suburbs, that the public voters, not just somebody who's gone and got my username as XYZ6453, that they're actually voters and that they can give feedback on how they feel that um, their council or, or council is performing. I think it it's, um, of course, you're going to get harsh feedback, but that's with any business and that's with any kind of operation, whether it's community group or teachers. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere that you're going to get the negative and the positive. And so you, you take the positive, but you learn from the negative and see where it failed and try to improve it. So that's where you've got local board. Um, we used to use the community halls where they used to have meetings. So I suggested um, have the community meeting. Um, people attend, that's all right. If people don't attend, well, you've got the option of YouTube recording it and that questions are, are given to the candidates, all the same question. And if it takes a certain amount of time, it takes a certain amount of time. They're given, we're restricted to amount of time. We're restricted when we're doing any um, surveys to the limited amount of um, words. Um, and you can still do that, but at least council are actually um, taking more responsibility and control of being able to have uh, candidates heard properly, you know, because um, at this stage it's just meetings that are being held by groups and the community, but there's, there's uh, members and voters that can't attend, they're working, and so you've got to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. So if there was a YouTube um, link to be able to say, oh, this is your candidates for this area, it's going to make the voter feel, oh, okay, I've got this information about the candidates. And, and council have got um, the candidate source. It's great to be able to go in and be able to find the information, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to the actual elections, I'm finding it um, a challenge. It's quite... I wouldn't say it's unfair. It's just the way it is. Uh, and... We're kind of going from that stage where we're moving away from how elections are now going into social media into um, becoming more technology, becoming more 
a population and voters want to know, not just a, you hear, here's your uh, pamphlet to tell you who the, the voters are, and it doesn't really give you enough. You, you, you want to have more of a uh, understanding of what the candidate represents and is about. So, yeah, those are things that, are looking at internal um, operations that are practical, um, and also looking at how Auckland um, improvements, how uh, council operate internally as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to give suggestions on making it improve to a way that's suitable for the voters, you know. So I'm, I'm a bit kind of taken back that all this time, because I've been doing this, that these kind of things aren't already here, you know, and available. And I'm suggesting them not because I want to, um, I want to say I did it. I, I'm suggesting it because it just makes sense to me because you hear an old elderly, not old, elderly that, they have a voice too, and they are struggling with being able to, and they're voters, you know. So, they, yeah. It's interesting for me because I've had some candidates, like I said, I had candidates on this podcast just recently, including yourself. And you know, I wouldn't have known where any of them would have what I wouldn't have known what their stance was on anything unless they, you know, because it was good I had a talk with every one of them, including you. I'm glad that the, now I've got understanding of what. I'm glad that your podcast is ad lib. I'm glad that it's more of just roll with the questions instead of being so polished and structured, because it it it's um it's better that way, you know. Yeah, it's, it is. That, that, I'll leave that way. for the TV and radio. They <laughs> <I> can <laughs> settle down because <laughs> they got all the big advertisers. Yeah, they, that's right. They they pay them like, like Vodafone or those guys, the yes, big corporations. <laughs> <laughs> this is just pure love. Mm. This is just pure enjoyment and love. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Doing a great job. Thanks. So um, so you got only got a few more days now, eh? A few more days, and mm. I heard you can't post anymore because it's like too late if you post in the mail. You got to drop it off. Yeah. So you can go to uh, I think it's Henderson uh, Customer Services uh, Council office, and um, they've got uh, you can get a. Special um, vote. I have to get a special vote. Because mine never came in the mail. So I don't have mine. Mine too. What a coincidence. It doesn't and come. And there's about... There's a few people nationwide I'm actually complaining about it. So it's been a shambles, eh? It is, it is a bit messy. Just a little. <laughs> um, for whatever reason, uh, I'm not pointing fingers at anything. You know, it's just what it is at the moment. And, you know, I'm looking at... Well, I, I challenged uh, lecturer commissioner about amending the uh, rules for um, campaigning to change it from move away from billboards and go into more um, media, and uh, you know, then now Instagram has stopped me from doing <laughs> posts. And I'm yeah. like, okay, How come? I don't know. I I did post, and now they won't let me do any more. So mm. that's okay. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, there it goes again. Yeah, must be a sign. <laughs> um, what's the question again? Sorry. Oh, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, going for a special vote. Oh, yeah, special vote. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, go for so a special vote now, eh? Because I've got my thing in the mail. 
Yeah, so I waited and just still didn't come in. And um, so I went in this morning and you get two envelopes. One envelope is just your information to confirm who you are and the other envelope is for your vote. And um, this special uh, vote form, you, it's just your address details, etc., etc. And then you've got somebody that's got to witness it, whether it be a family member or such. And and you've got to hand it in bef before Saturday, I think, 12. So I think they prefer Friday. Um, but yeah, they've got a little um, ballot box there that you can put it in. And it's about, uh, you have to put your vote as well as that um, detail document of your information into the one envelope. So yeah, I th mm. I thought it was just, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got your number. Yeah, here you go, Mila. Here you go. It wasn't that at all. I, I remember ages ago on the news, there was um, there was this flat. It was always high turnover, this flat. So they had all the, so when, when the elections came around, they had tons of mail from ex-people that used to live there. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the current um, the current tenants just used all those um, votes, just voted one person and used it. So that's like fraud, They're looking at, yeah, so... So that's the danger at, of posting posting the votes then? Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Whereas general elections is slightly different where you take it in. You just go to a polling booth, eh? Which that's is right. Which is what I think should happen because it makes people aware. It makes people excited for a polling day, you know? And, and you can... It's and, easier to drive somewhere and just go, okay, yep. Yeah, on this day because it makes people... Uh, you can actually build up the election... And put it on TV. Media should blast it to everyone. Oh, we got local elections. Make sure to go There's to your polling barbecue. booth. You know that kind of Kevin's stuff. Kevin's throwing a barbecue. Exactly. Uh, I'll pull a booth here. And <laughs> Let's do a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Let's do a podcast too. for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, they're looking at. There's the discussion about it going online. You know, so that's mm. yeah, that's entirely. Um, I don't know if that's central. Um, so let's get about evidence. Happens. Sorry, <clears throat> let's get about hacking and cyber, cyber yeah, crimes. And yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is known for overseas. Um, certain countries has <laughs> happened. Um, so, yeah, that's difficult. It's it's a hard call, you mm. know, to to make whether whether it's the decision of the voters. Um, but it it's a the other local um, elections. I received my papers fine. So of you know what's going on now I think um, they'll have their reasons um, you're changing address or uh, yeah so I think that's the main reason is people changing their addresses like myself so yeah what was your reason why you didn't get your my thing in the mail I don't know it hasn't come you lived here yeah long time I remember when this was a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they film Xena down there? Sorry? Did they film Xena? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the she lake? lives down there. Yeah. <laughs> at the lake? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll just do a special vote because it hasn't come. I might have to go down and, and get it done. Yeah, so they open at 8.30 and they close at 4.30, I think it is. All right, well, I'm at work. useful information for you. Yeah. Uh, so I have to go... There's oh. an 0800 number. They will send it out to you again. And then right. uh, 0800 election services. So are you allowed to reveal on the podcast who you think your future boss is going to be if you make it into... 
I watched uh, because it's head to head, eh? It's head to head right now, is it? Is it between Brown and Ephesol now? Yeah, it was good um, hearing Ephesol and, and Wayne um, battle it out. It was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, hmm, dude, it's. No, I'm not going to reveal who I support. <laughs> I think um, it's more of um, I might abstain, you know. Uh, then that way I'm I'm viewing myself as uh, everybody else can decide. I I um I'm okay with that, but I'll I'll think about it. We've still got a few more days and see whether um, I agree with the their vision completely. Mm. Uh, I think. Media have dragged them through so much. Um, it's unfortunate it comes with the role. Um, you're just going to have to toughen up. Mm. Um, you took the challenge on. Uh, I I would have liked to have heard the other um, candidates. Um, we've 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 got quite a selection this time round. We've got pirate. You know, um, we've got different different candidates than normal, but it's great to see um, that I think voters this time around are, are more serious than they were before. Mm. Uh, They're getting rolled up from the radio, I think. Yeah, yeah, and on social media, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, yourself? Were you... Is, yeah, you asked I'm, me. I'm, so yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Well, I'm still in the, the, the siding mode. Like, I've, I've listened to the top three. You know, and you know, official. You know, everything well, points. To, everything, to everything points to me voting for official because he's someone. I'm someone. You know, he represents. He's my generation. You know, same sort of age. So, but man, I just don't want to ride a bike everywhere. You know, I'm scared <laughs> of riding. I don't want to ride a bike everywhere. No. I love the we guy, get the man. Electric one. I love the guy, but get I don't the electric wanna, one. Get the electric one. To, It'll take you up the hill. Put a double electric bike, motor man. on that. You can just. Build it in there. I'll do the free um transport. That that sounds good. But my mom's my mom's rates will go up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't want to ride a bike everywhere. So that those are my things against running for 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 a festival. But he's, hey, he's a good speaker. You know, I like the guy. You know, it's just those things. Brown, Brown. No, I think he's too old. I don't think he's Auckland. Eh? He's not a true Aucklander, is he? Um, he's not. He's from Northland. Eh? See. So he, he. He's from Northland, right? He was. No, he, he, up does, there. he did have. Uh, he does have businesses in Auckland. He just moved up there, I think, and expanded. Oh, okay. um, <clears throat> but I, I, I had the opportunity to meet um, senior uh, news reporter um, Simon Wilson, and I said to him, "If you could just like merge them together and merge them all together, you'd have a, a, a great mayor." You know, you've had somebody who has a, a sense of balance. Um, yeah, Because right. I, I, I don't feel like a, a confident that they they all have a strong message. They they all have um, a direction and vision. Uh, it is difficult to uh, know the. Um, internal operations of council at a council and mayor level of what's actually the true picture. It's a lot to take on. It's a lot of reading. Because... And-
when we had Goff, when Goff was when Goff right now with Goff, his counselors are mostly Labour on the Labour ticket, right? Is that right? Official's there. Yes, I was surprised that Official um, actually went independent when he's been a uh, Labour um, supporter. Oh, is he independent? He's not. Well, the Labour with ticket. his um, candidate, he, oh. he he chose to go independent. So oh. I, I found that quite strange. I think. Um, I think. Yeah, it's it's like a. There's definitely a battle going on when it comes to political parties. Right. In the background. I remember uh, they're endorsing someone else. Who? Today. One of the... I think... Who's on the Labour ticket? This must be someone because she endorsed someone today. It's not official. And when she got asked, are you going to endorse the official? And she said, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I try not to get too involved with the politics in in that sense. um, Because it... There um, on social media, it's looking. Um, there's a lot of hate and a lot of um, arguing going on, and I just chose to kind of like have a look every now and then, but just keep away from it mm. um, because it can influence or manipulate the way you you direct your vote and support. And I, I think it's unfair. I think you have to do your own research and your own um, digging up of history and, and make a decision there. It's funny you say that because on 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 official Facebook page, I think he said something. He posted did a post and he had all these comments, right? And some of them were haters. Yeah. And he was replying to them. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, man, why do you want to do that for? No, like, that's great. I I I, I actually um, posted a lot of um, controversial questions and adverts, and I got a lot of hate. Yeah. And I got a lot of laughing at me. But I, I wouldn't read them. If you believe in what you believe in, you wouldn't. That wouldn't matter. That's just, that's just other people's opinions running around there. Yeah, well, the ones that were actually fake accounts, I made sure that Meta deleted them mm-hmm. <laughs> and reported them. Um, but they actually have control over whether you can um, do an advert or, of your campaign. Um, they do reports to Meta, and it actually affected the process for me. So I can't boost that. Yeah, so I was lucky that um, Meta. Uh, you know, they actually. I, I would never thought that I've got a, a personal response from Meta, like Facebook, apologising because they could see that I was getting bombarded with complaints and that I was reporting these people as being fake accounts. So, yeah, it was just because they, um, I, I took the opportunity to answer questions because they're angry, they um, didn't like my view. And it was more about the challenge, and I think it, it's the great. The challenge that of even, answering. Yeah, yeah, because you actually come to the down to the nitty gritty, and you can, even though you have your view of a of an idea and something that you want to introduce, um, if the history or the comments show that, well, okay, they're against it, um, and then what what are the reasons? Are they reasonable? Well, you, you've got to make the practical practical decision you know you can't just say yes no I'm still going to stick by my guns and this is what we're going to do because the voters should have um, I'm more about getting feedback because then that way I can see um, for that um, question they're giving me valid answers and I, I, I learned a few things from comments you know I was like oh yeah actually that's true you're right and I completely forgotten about it because you're Constantly getting, constantly getting bombarded with negative comments. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, I think you've got to... Um, most people would run away from that 
because mm. what you want is all the positive, right? You want all nice comments and everybody loves you. In reality, no, that's not reality. You've got to harden up. Because there's the trolls up. as well. Oh, yeah, God. There's, oh, there's, there's trolls. so many. I couldn't believe it. I, it was good because I was able to um, go, yeah, you can say whatever you like, but I was right at the end of it. You know, I was right. Mm. And... and um, and then there were comments that were also supportive and could understand. And you, you, you reason, you collaborate, and you come with a solution that actually, oh yeah, that makes practical sense. The same thing, like you said, with um, uh, public transport for health um, staff. You know, um, that was that's a really good idea. It, it's more of, you know, um, they deserve it. And when I got questioned about it. They were like, "Why can't it should be for free? What are you talking about?" And I was like, mm. "No, look at it, look at it in a um, more practical way. You're rewarding them for their services, and we're losing um, health staff. And we want them to come back. Um, this is encouraging, um, but we still have to cover the costs of actually run, running the system, and not say, oh, yeah, just chuck it on the rates.' You know. When Liv Beck was still running, she she took off, eh? She um. She took off. She um. Said she was some, valuable. I I, I thought she yeah. was valuable because being, the only, woman? being uh, the only woman. Though, I she? liked that, but it doesn't mean that my vote should be because she's a, a woman. A woman. I, yeah. I do support women. You know, um, uh, I was the first female to play rugby, and I didn't what do did it you? because I was a woman. Yeah. So how I, far did you go? I had to fight with um, the rugby union association, my family, and um, the school had to fight for me to be able to play. And so most of the games were defaulted because the boys wouldn't play because I was on the team. So oh, I was like, yeah, yeah, but I still still wanted to tackle them, you know, <laughs> because I raised with brothers. So. so did you play for school? Uh, Richmond Road. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so. And oh, Liv, Liv, yeah, she, um, she has interesting things to say. Like she counted Fissel's free transport with um, only people that catch bus anyway are going to. Use it anyway. You're not going to entice new people. My concern, yeah, so, so Viv was actually important to, in, in my um, view, in regards to this um, uh, election. She has, um, she has certain experience because she was involved with Auckland City, you know. So um, it was, uh, it was um, unfortunate that she uh, had to, um, step down she had, it would have been a tough decision for her she had um, financial problems there with the, where her money was going or something like that eh? her donations and the... yeah everybody has financial problems oh. right uh, I think it was, was unfair that, that everyone was, was out on open news and media yeah and I thought that was unfair mm. you know that was not necessary um, because she said oh it's got nothing to do with like I've sorted it out it's unfortunate it went out but I've sorted it but I don't know if that was the cause why she left the race I think, I don't know really, but um, I think it, it would have made things difficult, you know, with a lot the supporters. And the polls, a lot of, I know the polls don't matter, but a lot of the polls went to to Brown after she left. A lot of her polling votes went to them, oh, not them, um, Wayne Brown, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, what was your thoughts on her? Because she was interesting there. I think she would have brought something to the council board with her experience, knowledge with business, um, her networking 
and um, her vision. Uh, she was, I, I went to an event that she attended and she mentioned um, about uh, West Auckland, you know, so she was um, in the same, similar view as myself when it comes to um, public transport. So, um, and you've got to have that on, on, a, on a council, you know, a lot of the smaller local councils unfortunately have struggled because that's where I go back to um, the actual position as for being a candidate is that you don't have to have qualifications. So it allows somebody who has um, a drain layer who understands stormwater systems to the point where it doesn't matter about policy but they can give you a clearer view of, of how to do everything so yeah I think it's important there's the certain factors that council members need to be able to deliver um, not just ticking boxes and typing up you know um, uh, you've got to have um, some sort of experience practical experience I think it's important um, you know if, if if you had someone um, who is able to be confident with with um, public speaking and be able to take the, the kicks and the tomatoes thrown at you. You know, I think um, it's important to be able to uh, not brush it off because it does hurt. I'm sure all candidates um, feel um, hurt from being uh, constantly picked on and, and made to look like they're bad people because they all go into it with uh, a vision of doing good, right? Mm. And you, you, you don't want to knock somebody down for that. Um, if anything, you look at how they can play a vital role as a council member, as well as being the mayor, and um, not have tunnel, tunnel vision. You know, which is um, it's it's quite a it's quite a task to be able to take it on as as a mayor. To be honest, uh, I can see uh, from from what I can see internally. It's not that easy. It's not what people think. Um, so my hat's down to all the previous mayors and all the deputy chairs and all the CCOs that came in before where we're at right now because they all failed at something. They all succeeded. And I think um, looking at history, you've got to understand that it's not a... Everybody's got the right answer. That's why I'm saying um, there's more than one option, you know, to a, to a problem. You know, there's more, there's more than one solution. And you've got to have, um, you've got to have a backbone. You're going to get, you're going to get a hard time whether you like it or not, because you're, you're, you're stuck in that layer of all these issues that are going on, and you're stuck in that layer of, you're never going to do enough, and you're never going to be able to please everybody. Um, you're going to have those that hate you. You're going to have those who love what you did. You know, so it's trying to find that balance and your sanity, if anything. It's important, I think, that um, that not just council and just that in any sort of business operation and system, you've got to seriously think about your mental health and um, making sure your employer is actually acknowledging that that because um, it's all shared regardless of what level you're working at. You know, did I go off subject? I think no, I did go off subject. No. No, it's all yeah. part of the... Yeah, yeah. I think um, when you're talking about... I'm talking about live. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's about the it's about the mere position. Mm. I think there's a lot of people like me who are unsure. Um, I'm a little bit. I'm a bit eighty uh, percent more confident on on a, a choice that I think is suitable um, for the role. But again, I'd like if they could just merge together, yeah. then you'd have a great mirror, you know, because they have something both to deliver that's really good. Um, yeah, you can't, you can only have one. There can only be one. So yeah, I'm not the type to to waste votes either. Like I want to vote for. Someone I know is polling real low. On, you know, I, I know the two two ones in the lead. I don't know who's in the lead now, what the polls are saying, but it's between Again, Brown and... Again, I don't line. look. Again, I don't look because yeah. uh, it's it's best not to... Um, I think I think uh, News Hub and, um, and uh, New Zealand Herald did an interview and that's when you actually get to um, hear what they have to say. And you get to see. I think they should say those two way, official and see. They they didn't put anyone else on. So I, I try to ignore the, what's posted on social media mm. with the writing up. You know, don't judge somebody just because of something that they've done in the past and they've admitted to making the mistake. Um, it's important that we all understand that we're learning, and uh, yeah. How does a councillor like you go for have a campaign? Because. Council like, like me? Like going for like a council? Yeah. How would you do your campaign? Because I understand at at the local board level, because they're the ones on the ground, so they easy for them to go talk to businesses, talk to the community. Well, it depends and if then, they're re-election, you know, they're re-electing themselves for another run. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've already made those community connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does it, yeah, so with, with people on your level going for a council, Independent. Independent councillor. Like, how do they... Ten times as hard as if... So it's like you've got to step on their toes, the local board candidates' toes, or do what they're doing as well. Uh, they don't get enough um, time to voice their um, their campaign. So that's where I said, you know, again, they should have something where it's available online or just recording it on YouTube. Because um, I would have liked to have heard more from the local board members. Uh, there's obviously a political party issue th- thing going on here. The Labour comes, ones, eh? uh, there's Labour, there's National, there's ACT, there's, uh, but uh, there's Greens, you know. And I they saw all, um, I saw Oscar going for Hens and Messi. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've never seen any campaign or anything. He yeah. probably doesn't either, because yeah. name recognition, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but... Um, he doesn't need to do much because he just did a play and he's doing his The play his did movie. it, you reckon? He's doing his play and he's, he just finished doing his play and he's doing his mo- uh, series, The Duck Rockers. So he doesn't, he's too busy to go on a campaign channel, I guess. <laughs> um, if you're, so I'm hoping that they move away from doing billboards and um, pamphlets and being more um, environmentally co- conscious. Digital, that's why yeah. I decided to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why it's important. That's why it's cool that you're into the youth. Because they're the ones that are going to bring this kind of technology up. That's the, right. Because the, they're the users. Right. They're the main that's users right. for right. this technology. So. Yeah, that's right. They are. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're the ones that are the future in regards to that. So, um, but billboards, they get destroyed. They are just annoying looking at them, you know. Um, 
and it's so costly for the um, campaign and the candidates anyway. So you're cutting back on costs by doing that and moving away to being environmentally conscious that everybody's talking about, but you're not doing. <coughs> you know, so I chose to just do a, a advert um, with the network locally. Um, I, it was it was costly, but I kept within my budget. Um, just out meeting people. Uh, just on my Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, but um, and attending events, you know, and uh, asking questions. It's different when you're a councillor. Um, local board don't really get a voice, but I think they should have more of a voice. Mm. Um, councillors, they and the mayor get more of the attention when it comes to meetings because they actually are the ones to decide the direction. Um, local board just to deal with local um, How does the voting work? Oh, because it's an uneven number of councillors so when they vote, so there's always going to be one side that wins it. Yeah, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, there's another thing. I, I asked a question that I wanted a, um, I would like to see. My suggestion is to have a youth um, representative on council board. So then that way um, that individual is getting experience and they have their networks and be able to um, mm. share it. I, oh, yeah. You know, because it's, it's important that... What age? Well, I put in my question about... Um, so they're going to have to elect who they want to be that representative. So it'll be... Um, it'll be... If, if, uh, they, if the vote for 16 plus goes through, well, you're not going to vote for somebody who's 16 because they've taken it to uh, taken it to central government in, in a petition, so um, there's not enough experience there. So somewhere between well, teens are from uh, technically by name it's thirteen to nineteen, right? But the voting age is eighteen, so eighteen and nineteen. So they the same process because they're learning, you know. Uh, they do their campaign. They do. The, they become a candidate. That so they're learning, and in that way, um, they're also going to learn more if they're given the opportunity to be in council chambers. So they're able to see what's going on and, and issues that are important, um, and they're they're able to get that experience, which it's it's value to them in the future. I think, uh, yeah, it, they'll have to decide on that. Uh, I'm not going to dictate and dictate and say, "Oh, this is the age they have to be," because um, youth are their own. They they are their own community, you know. And I, I remember um, at 16 wanting to vote. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. That was last thing on my mind. I was got my. <laughs> I was got I my license, and I was like, "Right, that's it. I want to vote." And I was like, "No, you're not allowed to vote." I was like, "Oh, sad." Went all that effort. I thought as soon as I got my license, I'm, I'm an adult. But no, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, but I was disappointed, you know, um, only because I felt I wanted to be a part of society, you mm. know. And voting gave me that feel of yeah, I'm I'm part of the adult society. And was that because of your upbringing? Because your family's involved with the city for the years, eh? And just your your political awareness. No, I had no idea of of what political parties were delivering at the time. It was just more of being acknowledged. Um, and I did know a little bit about 
the politicians, um, but I wasn't voting on that. Like when I asked myself that I wanted to vote, it was more of what the system actually does. It was learning about it. So I, I learned as I got older, which was kind of disappointing. I would have learnt, liked to have learned that at school. What, you know, what role am I playing when I'm an adult? That's really important. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I don't agree with the lowering the age, running age to sixteen. Because my thing was my thing is like a sixteen-year-old problem is not the same as a forty-year-old problems or family. Or someone that with a business that has to work, or someone that works or has to work for a living, and <clears throat> my my take on that whole thing because that's not a that's not a like a new policy that's just New Zealand that's that's around the world is it, is it America that thing no it's I In think Canada it's I think? Canada is twelve Canada is it twelve now like they can twelve vote yeah 12? I think it's twelve in Canada so so my take on it was like okay it's just. <clears throat> Because w- when you're that age, when you're young, you're more likely to vote left. Because uh, not necessarily. I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, but talking to youth, no, no, they, they, um, they. I thought they would, but no, it, it's. Um, I mean, the the argument was that oh, they're all Green Party supporters. That's what I mean by mm-hmm. being left. Yeah. No, no, they're not. They, they, so that. Just because they have youth representatives on the Green Party doesn't mean that they're influencing them in to vote for them. Uh, they, the ones that actually told me no, it was because they had their reasons, um, and I was surprised, you know, because I thought they would have gone with oh, that youth. Mm. Yeah, um, I would have been surprised too. Yeah, yeah, I was too, because um, you know, I've watched um. What's her name? Schwabeck? Chloe. Yeah, Chloe. Yeah. I've watched her progress. She's you know? young, eh? She's young. She is young, and, and um, she's getting better every time. And she, she went for the mayoral, you know, don't know if you remember that, um, and it, to do the challenge, you know. She challenged herself on something that was really high expectations, but she carried it well, you know. So it gave her more confidence with public speaking, and that's, that's why it's important that... Um, youth are more involved in understanding how political science works. It gives mm. them confidence to be able to speak up. I think uh, I, I was surprised just as you were. and I, They told me, no, we don't like Chloe. <laughs> I was surprised because <laughs> really? yeah, I was like, I, I like her. She's done some really good, interesting things, you know. It well, doesn't mean think- that she has my vote and support. It's just more that she, as a youth, she stood up, you know. I, I thought that was impressive. One thing I noticed about the Green Party they haven't had a good track record for talking to Pacifica like ever since they they started. The Green the Green Party, they, I think they're doing a better job now. I think they got one. They've got a talking guy. In the, the same issue could be said about LGBTQ. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a, um, yeah. a culture. It's yeah. happened for the last 60, 70 years when it comes to politics. Um, That's and, like, when they bring identity politics into it, they... Yeah, it took, it took, I mean, the great thing is that New Zealand was the first to introduce um, women the right to vote internationally. That was a big step, huge step. Um, I was told that the women were beaten for going out and protesting and asking for the vote, you know. We've, it took so long, but every step you get closer to, to making practical sense and what's the right thing to do. 
Um, I think that we're at a stage of being more advanced compared to other countries who are behind when it comes to democracy. And I think that um, we continue along that path. This, you're going to find whether it's national or, or um, labor that are at the next elections, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make some good decisions. Um, and you've got to be able to do your research and understand what direction you want to see the future go towards. But when I was young, um, you know, the, the issue with, uh, you know, um, where Pacific were being hidden um, under school uh, school floors, hiding from the police. That, that my family were in that. It was my teacher who was hiding the students, you know. Um, and it took a long time to get through that process. So when you're saying that Green Party are starting to come around, it was the same process with all the other parties as well. Uh, there's always going to be um, in media some influence of hate, you know, because it actually is manip manipulative for votes because you have left and right and you have centre. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I respect people for their right to vote. Um, the The fact that you get out and stand up and go and vote is the best thing you can do. Mm. It's the <clears> worst <throat> to complain. Just be a complainer and just moan and, and whinge about everything and, and you vote. can not vote. Yeah, but you're the biggest, loudest voice out there that is complaining about things, mm. you know. So that's what I found with a lot of the social media. They're, they're complaining, they're not doing yeah, yeah. So I put my hat down to all the candidates. You know, they stepped up because they're doing. You know. And I guess as a country, not as we're not as polarizing in, in politics. Like, not like America. You know, that's that's real bad over there. <laughs> the wise whole country, right, but we're not right, as that bad. Don't but, get me started with America. But then that's right. With social media, it looks like that way because I think we're influenced with Trump and all that because we see it on social media a lot. So we all we know in the news what's going on over there, and then when 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 I, when I see the comments on officials' page, you know that I'm seeing these like keyboard warriors, like they can say stuff because it is social media, but it's like it's like we are polarized, but we're not we're not that type of you know we're not that type of country. Um, to go extreme right and extreme left. Well, they're talking about a republic on both sides. Mm. whether we change um, whether that's a good idea or not I can't predict the future but I'm concerned about the cost uh, for the for the public voter you know um, whether it's an advantage to change from um, this crown system that was introduced and it's been introduced all over the world um, the reality is is that um, it works it's just that because there's a lot of bureaucracy and red tape um, the reality is that we don't realise that we're the creators of the system mm. and we amend it and change it to suit. Um, sometimes it's a little bit difficult, but the reality is it's a piece of paper. Uh, you can't get a rubber and, and rub yeah. it out, but you, you can um, look at it, it's, it basically as it is. That's an interesting one because if we do become a republic, because we're no longer a line of the Queen, that part of the treaty is gone. 
So there's an opportunity for us to make a whole new, a whole new um, constitution, right? Yeah, but this the system still the, the system is still out? the same. It's it's very similar to the system that we have now. The, the difference is that you'll have a president, and he's going to be paid the highest salary, and then that's a public cost. So that's where I look at it and go, well, if the system is similar to what we've got now, what's the reason? You know, to change. I, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to hear. Give me the reason. Give me it in writing so I can understand. Oh, this is. All the reasons why we want to do it as a republic. If if I if I had a, a better understanding, then I'd be able to make a better jump and say, yeah, okay, that's all right. Because um, what happens to the land and titles now? Because you know, when when you go to the, go to the place in town and get your um yeah well, your certificate of title, it, it's, it's, it's the queen, right? The queen owns the land, but it's a, it's a partnership. So yeah. it's being so the crown. Then? So um, it's now yours. <laughs> it's, outright. <laughs> Now, like, so, so you've got to look at it like this. Māori weren't um, uh, stopping uh, Britain from coming here. They welcomed it. You know, they wanted mm. um, the fact that it, they were living in an isolated country with limited uh, materials. And you resources. Know. Yeah. Um, resources were fine. The fish was great. You know, but, so, oh, but better stuff. Yeah, I think the, the, the white people came up with cool stuff. New things. New things they can use. New things. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, unfortunately, over time, uh, the it, it got construed to the point where um, uh, uh, the same system that happened to Africa, that happened to India, that happened to um, China, that this agreement with... Um, the crown, they all suffered. Um, Irish, um, Scottish, you know, they all suffered. And uh, it, the the history, you know, it's hard to ignore it. But we're in a we're in the future now. So how do we how do we? Um, it, it's like saying uh, to the youth, um, you you're you're influencing them and you're manipulating them to hate. So how are you changing the future for them? Uh, you know, it's it's a system that failed. And, you know, the the um, Queen Elizabeth knew that. So that's why she stepped in and made changes in agreements with the Māori people. I think we were, we were lucky in that sense. It would have been a different story if it was France, Spain or... Uh, another country you know it would have been different would have been better we don't know um, i'm talking about back in 1840 yeah before that but i'm talking about how um uh, queen elizabeth knew the wrongdoings and she took responsibility for it and made and acknowledged multi people and made changes it's not an easy change because she doesn't control she's just the head of a system it's it's um actually the um the government so a lot of deals were made um, and there's families who migrated here back then and then all of a sudden they're told that they own nothing but they've put all their their um, finances into starting a farm. So um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It happened, you know. What, what should, we, should we hate on each other because something happened in the past? That's entirely up to you. 
you you have control of your own mind and whether you want to continue to hate people for something that happened in the past. Mm. You can continue to um, verbally tell people to manipulate them to make them agree with you. We have a, a, a natural human instinct for survival and to group, you know, it's just just normal. How do you how do you tell the children and the youth that they have such a prosperous future if you keep on um, if you have adults and elderly arguing and hating on each other they don't feel um, they feel unsettled you know you know what I mean mm. so it's about taking responsibility on both sides um, I'm part body and I'm part European so I'm supposed to hate half of myself you know uh, it's it's kind of like um, am I supposed to hate half of my family I was supposed to hate the, all the Europeans that came and lived with my family when I was young. They never hurt. They 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 taught me a lot. You know. Where where does decolonization fit in from what for fit in with what you're saying? Because there's a bit of, bit of a movement going on, eh, of decolonization and education. How we you know bring back the Maori language and in schools and how we how how the the media have to pronounce the words properly, um, you know things like that. It starts off little like that, little, little yeah. things like that, and yeah, and, and I know the police. And they I have find to pronounce. it quite interesting. It's just before elections, mm-hmm. you always find this kind of situation happening before elections, and it's it's kind of um, soul destroying for me. I've seen it go on and on and on, um, and. I get what both sides are talking about, um, but the youth aren't focused on that anymore. Mm. You know, you're teaching them to be like that. Um, you're teaching them to hate, and I, th- I think, um, right, it's important. It's important that uh, that we do uh, understand. So that's how I view the history of of Aotearoa, New Zealand. That's how I view um, that. Both sides, um, the British that were coming here, were trying to get away from a country that was in poverty anyway, and in, in horrible circumstances under the similar system. These were families that wanted to get away to something better. And we have the same issue with families leaving New Zealand to go to Australia. You know, so when it comes to language, a lot of Māori are angry because they were forced to speak Māori. And now they're saying, well, you made it mandatory for us. Why shouldn't it be mandatory in schools now? I, I'm just one voter. It's not, it's not up to me. I can have my own opinion. Um, and I think uh, what I see is that adults are behaving like children and, and, and are ugly. And... Um, and they're not, they're not moving forward, you know, because it's not about them anymore. It's about their children and the youth. It's not about them. I think uh, we lose, we lose sight of what we're actually doing here. You're electing somebody to represent you and have your vote and control and power. So you've got to think about the future for youth. It's not about you having your retirement. Pl- scheme plan it's not about you trying to increase taxes just so that you can cover a debt that was actually a failed um, trial uh, when it comes to being in politics you know it fails and some some work out great 
Um, I think it's, we are where we are right now because of all the mistakes that happened anyway. Does mm. that make sense? Mm. Even when it goes to decolonization, even it goes when Treaty of Waitangi. We are where we are right now because we made mistakes. So um, you acknowledge them. I think that Māori history should be taught um, in school. I think it's important just to know the basics. Um, I think it's important to know where you are right now and the youth are to focus on the future because that's what they're here for. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Ad lib. Yep. <laughs> okay. Is that enough? Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. You've, you've talked me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of things. I've run out of things now. No, but no, it was a, it was a pleasure having you on, man. It was like I, I love how you you love history. I think it's important. And because I I love history too. I've been reading a lot of human history over the years. Have you read uh, Homo sapiens? Or that book Sapiens? Have you read that? about the history of humankind not darwin's no uh he's uh is he's from israel i'm just joking i'm just joking oh. but, um, the, the guy's from israel the, the author he wrote, he wrote three books it's interesting the future of man was the second book and then the 20th century politics in the 20th century but it's um yeah he's a he's an atheist but he's he's a he calls himself a humanist so it's it's pretty cool how he he um he tells a story because he pictures himself like an alien in space looking down on Earth and just studying what the humans are doing and he that's how he <laughs> how, that's how he um that's his point of view yeah so everything's like common sense and this is stupid that over the years and that's really interesting I thought it was a good perspective the, when it comes to politics it goes back to the Romans um mm. and the Greeks you know yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. so. It, I think um, not mythology. No, so he talks about how the Romans at first were. What's the one when you believe in multiple gods? And then when they when they conquered other societies, they adopted their religion into their religion, their own religion. Mm. So they brought mm. their god into there. So they, that's how they stacked all their gods up mm. until Constantine, you know, changed everything to Christianity and mm. it's just the one god after him. Mm. So, so he talks about that as well. He talks about that. He talks about how all parts of history. Yeah, all parts of history. He talks about colonization. What's his name? Yuval Harry. Yuval Harry. Yuval okay. Harry. Yeah. I'll have a look. Interesting guy. Interesting book. Pretty cool. Book. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's important that you learn the basics of history. You know, youth um, gives you grounding, especially about your culture. You know, with even the ugly bits. Thank you. You're welcome.